Uh, so this is my buddy Craig McDonald, who is part of Trapper Creek. I keep messing up when I say Trapper Peak, but yep, Trapper, Trapper Creek, Creek Fire Crew. You are the foreman slash supervisor of the crew, correct? Yep. yep. Of the advanced fire crew. So it's it, it's kind of this new structure. In the past, they had like they had the Trapper Creek Fire Program, and it was basically militia is the phrase that they throw around. So you had the AFMO. And then you had a trade instructor that would teach, you know, guard school, your basic L-180, 190, stuff like that. Yeah, and then yeah. you had a crew foreman that uh, would take take these students out. So if you're not familiar with, like, Job Corps, then it's a trade school, basically. So yeah. if you can go there, you can get your high school education. You can go there, get your driver's license. And... A lot of times you go there and there's like welding, carpentry, painting, um, culinary, facilities maintenance. But if they want to make a little bit of extra money as a side hustle, they come and do fire. Yeah. And so now with this advanced fire program, instead of coming to Trapper to be, you know, a welder, carpenter, painter, whatever, they come specifically to Trapper to get a job in wildland fire, whether that's the Forest Service, BLM, BIA, National Park Service, state contract crew, whatever. Yeah, and it's a great program because you guys can farm some folks out too, right? So they come yeah. just for fire, then, I mean, it's a great stepping stone. And then I guess I should back up a little bit and say that Trapper Creek is a job course center, correct? Yeah. Yep. And it's a big facility, really beautiful up in the mountains. Oh, yeah. It's God's country up there, right it, off the West Fork River, man. Like, yeah. pretty fortunate. I love oh, it out dude. there, man. Yeah, really. Yeah, dude. What a beautiful place to work. Yeah. I mean, even the compound, when you go by it, is, yeah. is amazing. Yeah, and you can tell. Like, they take a lot of pride in that facility, you know, and especially the, the fire guys. I don't know how they do this ranking system, but there's, you know, 60-some-odd job core centers in the country. Oh. And Trapper Creek, over the last eight years in a row has won like best fire program in the country. And That's I don't know awesome. how they rank that. If it's based on how many students they're able to place in fire jobs at the end of, you know, by the time they graduate the program or I don't know how they rank it, but that's one thing they hold themselves to is like, hey, this is the standard. Like, we are going to be the best when it comes to job core and fire. Dude, that, yeah, that's huge, man. And I think that, you know, like every fire crew, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. I was going to say, especially contractors, but everyone has that same kind of pride because, yeah. you know, once you get that bad name and we've all been around like districts or whoever, you know, might have got a bad name and they're like, ah, I don't know if I want to work with these folks. Yep. And then they, it's, it takes a lot of work to get it back. So like, yeah. Trapper Creek, I mean, they're doing it right just off the start, it sounds like there, yeah. you know? I mean, and I mean, I think we talked about this the other day. It was like, you have, it seems like more often than not, when you come across people and you're like, oh, I work for the Job Corps, they're thinking... Like a little stigma. Not, not Yeah, not even thinking it. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll verbalize it and oh, say, yeah. oh, man, I don't know how you work with those those kids, you know? I mean, and there's, there's good, you know, Job Corps fire programs... And there's probably some not so good ones out there. Yeah. And so, you know, I always say like, okay, well, maybe you've worked with these guys in the past, but have you worked with anyone out at Trapper? Because, I mean, we got people blowing our phone lines up across the country saying, hey, are your, you guys have students back yet? Because we're looking to, to staff uh, a bunch of engines on the MODOK or we're getting ready to burn 
5,000 acres up in the Idaho panhandle or yeah. out there in North Carolina doing burning, getting ready for fire season out there. How many, yeah. how many kids can you, can you send us? Cause they, they, those are folks who've actually been exposed to Trapper Creek and the kind of kids that were farming out, you know, and sending yeah. out to these guys to support their fire program. Yeah, exactly. And the high standard shows, you know, like you said, they're, you know, it's not that you guys are having to ask folks like, Hey, you know, cause that's what seems like happens a lot in fire. I mean, you've been around fire longer than I have. What do what you got in now? 14, 15 years? This is 15 or 15 years, I think, 2007. Uh, looking, there's going to be some people mad that I didn't say fitting, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> fitting years. Uh, yeah, because I, I think 12 for me. So I think you started a year before I did, and then I took that year off. Yeah, because I was in Peaburg yep. on the Pentler Ranger District, and you started in White Whitehall, Butte yeah. Jeff, yeah. yeah. Phillipsburg, for people who don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about that way down. I was like, man, I'm going to have to say Phillipsburg, I think, a bunch. Oh, yeah, get, yeah, shout out to Phillipsburg. Yeah, what a great place, yeah, man, dude. beautiful. It's just, yeah, the Peaburg, you know, like just mm-hmm. a little quicker rolls off the tongue. Oh, yeah. Know? And looking back on it, I was like, man, I was so fortunate to, like, not only work there, but growing up there, too. It's just like, I'm... I'm Pretty fortunate, pretty oh, blessed to dude. have spent so much time there yeah. as I did. So, oh yeah, and anyone who drives there, like you know, just an example. If you're going from Missoula to Discovery Ski Hill through you know Phillipsburg, it's yep. like it, it's it's an all right drive. You know, it's everywhere you drive, pretty much Montana is pretty. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, you come off Drummond and you're like, this is nice, and then you get that stretch. What's that road even? Highway one. Highway one. Hey, yep. <laughs> number one. That's yeah. nice, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it makes sense. Uh, but yeah, yeah and, and then you roll into Peaburg, and it's just like it, like that whole valley opens up. You're like, jeez, mm-hmm. man, this yeah, is heaven Flint, on earth Flint right Creek here. Valley, dude. It's yeah. awesome. Flint Creek, yeah. I mean, and growing up there in Pe- well, starting working for the Forest Service there, looking back now, you know, after. 15 years I spent you know my first five years there as a seasonal I'm pretty fortunate to have the leaders there that I did I mean guys like Joe Braybender Gary Lambert um, Shane Benson yeah uh, Jim Harrington you know most of those guys uh, had spent time in the armed services you know yeah they're all military vets and so these guys not only knew how to manage people but when they were in the military they were leaders of men yeah you know and so it's just i've i've definitely taken a lot of uh taken a lot of good stuff from them just following you know their their leadership styles and everything Dude. so it, yeah. it's been really cool man. So, yeah same here i was pretty blessed and lucky too to to work i mean not form directly like like you got the opportunity which is amazing i think the bbrd you ever had Deer Lodge National Forest, I guess? Got to watch those acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to throw around a lot of them, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly, man. And yeah, the BBRD, I mean, it's still it's still a good place to be. But it's yeah. uh, when we when we came up, man, I mean, it was like there were some real heavy hitters, it felt like that. Oh, yeah. You know, or maybe on their way out might not even be there anymore, yep. you know. But like, yep. like you said, Bray Bender and Lambert, because I think Gary just re- retired, didn't he? Gary Lambert? Yeah, he's been out now for like two or three years. Bray Bender is retiring if he's not retiring this year, he retired last year. Yeah. I can't keep track. Yeah. If, you know, it's like they're dropping like flies now. Yeah, though. Everyone's yeah, getting Jim that Harrington, age. He's been retired now, you know, for oh, five years. Yeah. I forgot. Scrappy Matt Latre, you know, he's now moved up into the AFMO spot. Maybe even the FMO spot now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's been I know. A while since I've, since I've been back there, at least swung into the fire shop. Yeah, man. I feel you. I could, yeah. I lost touch with them. I mean, the last time I got to actually walk in there, it was, it was kind of funny because uh, Missoula smoke jump base when I was working there mm-hmm. we were doing like a practice jump just outside kind of 
I think it was off the Scalcoal Road is where we we're going to jump. And then um, winds were getting all kinds of squirrely because it was kind of like on this ridge, uh, ridge top kind of meadow. And That sounds like a terrible place it, to do a practice oh, job. Oh, man, I know. I was, like, <laughs> I was the last load, and I was just like, the wind was already getting kind of squirrely at the, at the airport in Missoula. And I was like, oh, man. Well, you know, whatever, you know, <laughs> we're I'm, just going to send it. Yeah, exactly. See what happens. I bounce pretty good still. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, yeah. And then they call us off. The streamers went all kinds of crazy. So then we landed in Phillipsburg and then, you know, the airport or the, the strip that we landed yeah. on was right next to the ranger station. Yep. So like we had to wait for them to come all the way up from way up somewhere, way up Scalco, man, like almost to like, we start going up the pass a little yeah. bit. There's yeah. a, there's kind of like an old back country strip off the road that is pretty small. Like a big plane couldn't land in it. Up Scalco? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not Scalco. Do you know what I'm remember. talking about? I'm trying to remember where that is on the south side of town? Yeah, south side of town. And then I you think. take Highway 38 that shoots off to the west? Yeah, yeah, kind of windy. Like, you oh, know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's Scalco. That, I, th- I think so, too. Yeah, that'd be the only pretty much major paved road off of Highway 1. That's, that's what I was thinking. Maybe it wasn't even that far up Scalco. Cause yeah, because once you turn off on Scalco, at least from the Peberg side... It's, you know, big open ag fields and everything yeah. like that. And then once you, you know, drop down into the uh, middle fork and west fork of Rock Creek, then that's where you start getting, you know, the timber encroaching yeah. and start getting out of out of the ag stuff and more in and, and more into like mining stuff like that with the sapphire mine being down there. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. wondering where that Gem was. Gem Mountain, dude. Gem Mountain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you go there as like a tourist, right? And do yeah. some... Yeah, you can go mine for your own sapphires. That's what I there. thought. Ooh, yeah. Man. I mean, I think they're closed in the winter. Press and press the lady with that, you know what I'm saying? Been out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. What am I saying? Already been out there, yeah. man. Miles um, ahead. Yeah, what am I saying? I, I can feel this thing kind of pinging on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting all excited. Oh, uh, yeah, because I always want to go to Crystal Park. I'm going to get on a bunch of tangents, but. You've been there before, haven't you? Uh, the sapphire mine? The Crystal Park. No, I haven't, because uh, the only time I've been up in, like, Polaris. Um, so I guess to describe where it is, it's uh, just how it's. It's like halfway between Polaris and Wise River, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it pretty much separates um, the Big Hole Valley from the Beaverhead Valley. So it separates, you know, Wisdom, Wise River from Dillon, and I guess Dillon would be the major town. Then you have the the Pioneers, you know, is that mountain range. And, yeah, Polaris pretty much sits on that southern southern side of the Pioneers of the – uh, something byway. I can't remember the name of the byway. Yeah, I know what you're talking about though. Didn't I think? Uh, I think it's the Wise River Scenic Byway. I think that's yeah. I think that's exactly yeah. What it is. And it's like Crystal Park is right, right on top there. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Put this away. Yeah. There's there's some cool stuff up there though. Yeah, that's a cool area, man. I and like because I've only been up there skiing at Maverick and yeah. at the hot springs. So yeah. and it, like you know that road's pretty much done right there. They yep. don't they don't plow it after after the hot springs. Yep. So it's open. Yeah. Pretty much to snowmobiles. Yeah. And and that's yeah that's about it. I'm gonna turn mine down a little bit. I just feel like I'm getting like too excited here. And really? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just my own feedback. Are you getting a little bit? No, not from you. Oh yeah. Uh, turned down just a smidge. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's hopefully it's all right. Yeah, it'll buff out. Yeah. This is my my second time on a microphone ever. So yeah, which there's a story I, I will I will bring up later. But uh, to loop back around to the uh, job corps. Yeah. Um, when I was at actually in guard school back in 2008, mm-hmm. uh, in Birch Creek, remember that place? Yeah, dude, I loved Birch Creek. Just gorgeous, man. Yeah. And uh, so um, you actually came and helped out, and I'll get to that yep. in a second. But there's a bunch of job corps folks there, so that was I was so lucky because. 
Um, I was, you know, we were all camped out in that lodge together, spending every day for a week together, going through classes. So you can really get to know the Job Corps folks. And you're like, oh, you know, like, so that really helped. Like, because I, I was a little bit like, I don't know about Job Corps folks. Because, like, most of the time, my experience growing up was, like, some troubled fellows from my own school that I got along with, you know, from Whitehall. Yep. We're going to, up to Job Corps way. And I still got along with them. They still were, like, kind of kept them at arm lengths because they were always in trouble. You know, mm-hmm. kind of just because... Like a lot of kids, man, they, you know, you're stuck in school all day, man. They're bored. So they, you know, they're kind of troublemakers and yeah. they go out to Job Corps where they get hands-on experience. And, and, uh, I guess to clarify that was Anaconda Job Corps, right? Yeah, probably if they went, if they were at Birch Creek, probably Anaconda because Anaconda Job Corps is tied with the B-Bar-D. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, man, all those kids were like the nicest hardworking folks, man. When we had that line dig day, man, they were getting it, you know, oh, yeah. almost too much. You're yeah, like, <laughs> that's the thing is a lot of these kids have never seen a tree They've never been in the woods. And so whenever these kids show up, I mean, you got to show them damn near how to, how to tie their boots on. Yeah. You know? And then they're so, super proud of them boots too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah they, dude, they were just loving and they, it, dude. And they, they take pride in the work that they do. Yeah. So, yeah, they're a bunch of hard-charging, barrel-chested freedom fighters for sure. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well put. Well yeah. put. And, I mean, you know, the, some of those, that goes back to, like, the stigmas that a lot of folks have towards a job corps is oh hoods in the woods you know it's just it's just a one step shy of juvie or something like that yeah it's it's not just for troubled kids it's for kids who don't want to go to college but want to go and be a welder or be a carpenter carpenter you know something like that yeah yeah. it's not just it's not just hey all troubled kids come here yeah it's just people are more like inclined for the trades which anymore you know, I, I remember even like, luckily my, um, uh, God, he was like social studies teacher in high school had told us like, and he kind of wrote it down on the board back when you used like chalkboards and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like, check it out. He's like, here's just rough estimate of like, what you make if you go into trades, you know, like if you go into job corps and then if you go to college, he's like, I'm not telling you which way to go. He's just like the, some of your friends here in this class or in this high school are going to make more money in the end. Even no matter what you do, like you come out a doctor, you know, you're eight years. If you make it fast, you're eight years behind that fella or gal who went yeah. to the trades and that eight year, you know, that person, the trades can be making a ton of money, especially become like a crane operator or whatever you end up becoming. Like yeah. you can make a lot of money and, you know, as a crane operator. Yeah. So, and I don't know if it's just a random, you know, weird experience for me, but I know a lot of folks who are going to going to school, you know, went to college and they can't find a job out of college or they're doing something totally different, not related to their degree. Yeah. And, it, the, this this trade this school here, <laughs> <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this this trade school thing, it, it's awesome because yeah. they get out and their trade instructors like expect them. They have to track them for three years, I think, to make sure. Hey, do you have a job? Are you getting a job? Here's some contacts upon graduation. If you're That's a welder, awesome. here's all these companies in the area, in the immediate area. Here's all these welding companies, you know, in the state, and then providing all this information that's like huge, reach out dude. there if you graduated the program there is no reason you should not be able to get a job Man. and even if they get a job right out those trade instructors still keep tabs on them like i said for three years yeah to make sure hey you guys are still doing doing well doing everything you need to be doing life's good awesome Great yeah three years Best of luck. Yeah, you're never yeah, gonna you're have doing a, it. Yeah, you're never gonna have a college advisor follow you after graduation. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> no, no, I'm not hating on him. It's just the reality of yeah, it, you know. Yeah. And uh and then like you said, like that well he's a great point because I actually uh spoke with a guy who in the military, I think he was an underwater welder. 
Maybe he did it afterwards. I can't remember like how his path went, but he did do it privately for a little while or through, through a company because yeah. he talked about how much money he was making being an underwater welder. Yeah. And at the time, I'd just come out of high school and did a little welding just in shop class, and my dad welds, and you know, it's just like a, a family. I mean, you, yeah, your, your family's probably the same way as mine. It's like just kind of country folks that can kind of do a little bit of everything. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, Jack of all trades. Yeah, exactly. So I could, I could weld a little bit, you know, in high school. I haven't really welded Great at sense. nothing, good at everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm, yeah, I'm bad at everything. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> wish I was good but uh yeah we were just talking about just holding the bead underwater and like just kind of the technical part of you know underwater welding of welding in the bubble and and why it gets paid so much because a little bit of a risk you know but I mean he I can't remember what kind of money he was bringing down back then but I mean he was like six figures and that was I mean he was probably in his 70s or 80s when he's talking to me so and he was in his 40s so yeah you know, like 40 years earlier than yeah. when he was doing the, the underwater welding hell like, yeah Doing some gangster stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I yeah, mean, nineteen seventy or whenever the whenever yeah. that was, you know, yeah. like I mean, that was really good, really good money. I mean, that's good money now, but really good money back then. Yeah, you know? dude, I was like trying to jog my memory the other day, and I was I was thinking, okay, you know, Luke was on the B bar D, and then where did your career take you? Oh, dude, I know. Af- like- a- after the B-Bar-D, like how, how long did you spend, how much time did you spend on the B-Bar-D? Because I was there for five years, then went to the Lolo. Yeah. How, how like where, where did your career t- take you, I guess, after after I split, I guess? Yeah, so like, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe you started the way, but no, I, uh, I uh, so after four seasons, um, I think I was pretty much done with my degree. And that's the only reason why I was kind of sticking around on the district because I wanted to go hot shot because yeah. the end goal was smoke jumping. And um, so I uh, was like, all right, man, you know, like I think my fifth year I was going to go, I was going to go hot shot. And then talking, I was still in school though. So it would have been like, it'd been a short season, you know, like, cause it, I wouldn't be able to start until like May, you know, and, and also I was running track in college at the point. Yep. So yep. we had a conference at the end of April, beginning of May or something. I can't, I can't remember. So it was mm-hmm. like, and it was my last year of track. So um, that there's not a hotshot crew that I knew of that would take me just on like coming from a district and being like, you know, taking a chance on me and then me showing up late too. Yeah. And, a I, lot of variables that kind of lined up to be like, mm, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe not. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, uh, talking to Kevin Smith, Schmidt in, in Whitehall, he's like, yeah. Hey man, like, why don't you come back? You know, like, well, you know, you got your IC5, you got your squad boss, your, you know, your FFT1. He's like, and so it could just be a good summer of you just like enjoying, you know, having those quals and getting some more experience with the engine. And what ended up happening is, um, I think we were shy, like an assistant, they're holding assistant engine foreman's back then. Yeah. And I think we were shy one. So I, I got a chance to pretty much fill that position um, from, I think I was just five. So like, it, yeah, so it wasn't even like that far off. Like now fives do that just normal. But back then, remember like a five, you were like an assistant, like engine guy, but you really weren't like taking the engine really, mm-hmm. but just out of necessity, I got a chance to run the engine. And I think that gave me a lot of good leadership opportunities. So long story long, I, um, was like, well, you know, I got to go with the, with the great Northern to, at the end of that season. And I was working with Bronson who's, you know, yeah. not jumping on the call and oh, yeah. one of our buddies. And, uh, me and him were just like in the buggy dreaming, you know, like he was squad boss of the one crew and I was squad boss of our squad and then I was squad boss of the other squad. And, and, but in the beginning, we were just like as a collection. So like we had two squad bosses and one one buggy. It was kind of weird, but it was, it was cool because like me and then uh, Charlie Palermo, who's on the Helena shots, who went and jumped out of Boise. All three of us were like just vibing off each other about smoke jumping. We're like, man, gotta do it. And, <laughs> and Charlie, being ex marine and just being the badass he is, decides on that last fire assignment uh, out east that he's like, 
dude, this last few days, man, let's, let's carry QB around. And at first I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then the next morning I was like, nah, and, but that, that dude was carrying a full Hard QB. <laughs> yeah. That dude was very, carrying a full QB for the last few days of that assignment. And just like, no problem, man. I was like, I knew, I knew he was going to be it for sure at that point. But so then, uh, after that season, man, I just started chucking my application everywhere. I went, wouldn't talk to Lolo, but I was also a little behind the curve of the hotshot stuff because, you know, the hiring is so weird and it's, it's getting a little better now, but back then, man, it was like, there was time frames that were like unknown because it was still, I don't think USA jobs had established quite yet. I mean, it was brand new, but it wasn't yeah, like, it was, it started with an A whenever, A, 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 a view or something. Yeah. A view. Yeah. Does remember how weird right? that was? Yeah. You yeah, had all the sucked. KSAs that you had to fill out and if yeah. you didn't, oh my God, yeah, I mean, that, that was like an all day process. Yeah. yeah. And USA but, jobs is significantly better. Oh, a lot better. Cause it actually has like dates and, and, you know, opening and closing dates. Yep. And if I don't think if you had that, I mean, that was pretty, I, I, don't, even, I don't even remember anymore. Oh dude. I, I just remember being, being like you said, a big pain in the ass. Yeah. So, uh, so I kind of missed a, a lot of the, um, hiring opportunity. Cause like people are, you know, you, the smart thing is to do is like towards the end of the season, if not like during the season, you're like, Hey, you know, like start making some phone calls and, yeah, and reaching you know. out to those folks already thinking about next year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shaking some hands if you can go to places. Nope. So I kind of missed that a little bit, but the jumpers were still like getting their, their names kind of situated and this can be a really long story, but no. yeah. Send it. Hey man. Yeah. That's, that's why I pinned you here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I love it. Now that, now that I got you cornered. Yeah. I uh, love it. Yeah, man. So like, I just, uh, so um, I started shaking the trees, all the jump bases, but there was that hiring freeze. Remember, um, from like, oh man, I don't remember like the, there was like two years, like of a, pretty much a hiring freeze. So jumpers didn't hire anybody there for like a couple of years. And so like, cause went, you reached out to West Yellowstone, didn't you? Yeah. Missoula. I, yep. Um, so I wanted to stay I in like some place in Washington. That's where I ended up. Ah. Yeah. So like I, I was reaching out everywhere. I, dr- I was driving everywhere, but, um, Missoula pretty much had their picks already. Uh, people were like really quick because Missoula was you know big and no. um, and then they still had some holdovers from the year before they couldn't hire and then West Yellowstone was the same deal maybe just like a year they couldn't hire but either way they they already had like um, their roster is kind of done so oh. when talked to Bobby Sutton down in West and a few other folks and I um, I think I might have talked to Pete Land on the phone who was I don't think he was quite the base manager yet maybe he just got it but anyways all great folks man I had a great time they were just like hey man you just Maybe, you know, next year you probably have a better shot. And yeah. I was like, all right, you know, but I, all I really want to do is shake some hands, get my face out there. Yeah. And, and I drive all the NCSB. It was like a nine-hour drive. And uh, I called them first to make sure they're going to be around because, you know, it's in the winter. Everyone just, you know, it's like ghost towns, you mm-hmm. know. So I showed up and talked to Darren Belsby, um, the base manager. And then he went and uh, introduced me to Noe, who was a law former at the time. And... Shook some hands, man. I, I wore a pretty tight T-shirt to, to, oh, try, yeah. to try to show, show off all the goods. Show off what I had. I mean, it wasn't much good. I mean, I was skinnier <laughs> than I am now, but like at least I looked fit, you know. So and uh, yeah, man, and, and it was cool. It's the set. Oh, I drove to McCall too and talked to them. Grangeville wasn't talking, taking anybody at this point. They're already full, so they didn't, you know. And there was like really no one there at that point because a lot of their sewing would go to Missoula still, mm-hmm. which I think they do more in-house sewing now, but. Um, so I go to NCSB in, in the Metal Valley. Beautiful, beautiful spot. But it's all fogged in. I can't see anything but the base, really. And it's still, <laughs> yeah. But it's still cool because it's, like, historic, you know? Like, yeah. depends on who you talk to. It's the first jump base ever, you know? So, like, and there's, you know, arguments on either side of that, which we can get to later. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and then I went to McCall. I went to McCall actually before that, I think. And because it was just a little bit closer. You know, I was just kind of, like, slowly widening my range of where I was going. And then, uh, yeah, man, I just having to work out that NCSB 
um, weren't sure if they're going to get funding again for that year. So they, they didn't make it, uh, they didn't really talk to too many folks and, and no one really went out to talk to them. I was one of the, one of the few and just lucky, man. I was like probably the last smoke jumper hired in 2013, like <laughs> just barely enough quals and time to Yeah. Once to make you're those. in though, man, you're in. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking too, man. Like I, I made the cut and, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't fall. So yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, it, it was, uh, the first day was a little embarrassing, but I made it. Yeah. And how many years did you spend there? I, I like I said, I, I was trying to like recall all this. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I have no idea. Well, and like you know, and, and to folks who are in the fire world who may listen to this, they they understand how like all that moving happens. Like especially after the first yeah. couple of years, you know, you start yeah. kind of shooting off everywhere, and then mm-hmm. um, you start realizing how many other opportunities there are out there. Yeah, it seems like it usually does take a season to maybe even three seasons to finally be like, oh, hey, I'm gonna pull your head out. Yeah, of the sand. there are districts everywhere yeah, out exactly. here or there's a there's a hot shot crew here there's a jump base here repel crew here hell attack crew whatever yeah exactly like oh um, i remember the first fires on with repellers is like what do you guys do you guys look <laughs> awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they yeah. did i dude. know there are other people in these woods <laughs> yeah, exactly where'd you come from yeah. and like dude when we started remember you didn't get a radio so yeah. I was just like digging line around this like cabin. I thought by myself. And then all of a sudden I started hearing some music and I walk around and it's the uh, uh, Gallatin Valley repellers. Mm-hmm. All of them had these sweet mirror uh, uh, aviators on, dude. Oh, they had a little yeah. boombox they were jamming. And I was like, oh, dude. And they, we just got them on loan for that evening because they had to get back. But When was, was this? Cool. What year was this? Uh, that was 2013. Uh, that was the, uh, the Cactus Fire. Maybe it was just Cactus. So Chris Eriks out of Venice, he was already, I think he'd already moved on. From them because he was on that crew for a while oh yeah 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 i think he already moved on from them yeah, yeah. and uh i think he was actually at, in salmon repelling at that time though was he salmon yeah he was a, he was a salmon guy oh i'm all messed up then. yeah i'm trying to think uh shooty though remember shooty yeah yeah he was uh he went to uh gallon is it doug shooty no yeah is it doug shooty i think yeah. so i think i hope i hope i'm right i hope not butcher it shooty yeah. if you watch this yeah. man i'm sorry sorry doug yeah yeah dude <laughs> if you are doug yeah if you are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, I, actually, I got to see him on a fire. Dude, I feel like I'm just belting this this out here. But I got to see him on a fire, and, and uh, can you hear me all right still? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I just felt the ping. I was just like, but uh, we uh, we were on the fire over by Bozeman. Uh, Highlight. You ever went to Highlight Reservoir? Highlight Lake, maybe? Maybe it's a lake. It's it sounds familiar, you know, uh, but I mean, I maybe I just saw it in a Montana Outdoor magazine or yeah, something we'll like be surprised. that. I, I, yeah, I don't it's, know. probably it's not. kind of south of Bozeman. I dude, I okay, still no. have not been there except for I jumped a fire just above it, and um and they're already sending the world at it because it was like right by the watershed, and mm-hmm. um so I ended up by seeing that it was my first IC four assignment. Didn't know it was an IC four just because. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think you probably had the same thing with with uh, Whitehall. We'd have a decent sized fire where, like, you know, the dispatcher just kind of send everybody for you, and whoever gets there first, and then you just kind of manage it from there. So mm-hmm. you could end up with like, you know, state and different districts there in one like kind of party fire, and then you send them send them away as you don't need them. Mm-hmm. So that's the like kind of fires I was used to as a Type Five, which technically is more of a Type Four fire. No. But at the time, I didn't know. So like, when I got the repellers, I got the district folks and jumpers, and you know, I came with the jumpers, but. Um, they, you know, I was just thinking, oh, it's a type five. I just do my thing. But Dean Chambers was uh, my trainer, and he was so awesome. All he did was shadow me a little bit, and he, he was checking in a little bit. But he was, do- dude, he did such a great job that he didn't even make it known until afterwards. He's like, where's your task book? I was like, ah, what task book? You know? He's like, where's your type four task book? And, and I just got one. So I was like, my first ink was that. And it was, it was great. But that was my first experience being near Highlight Lake, I think. And 
Never been back there since, but it looked great from a distance. Oh, yeah. And we were up on the hill, and like every people are paddle boarding and just oh, looks yeah. awesome. This beautiful beach in the mountains, and I'm like, and you never went back. Yeah, never got to out. check oh, it out. Yeah, man. I know I got to, man. Dude, that's one thing that I. It seems like in this neck of the woods, you know, here in in western Montana, and correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like icy four assignments are kind of hard to come by definitely man you, you, you're seeing that yeah for sure cause... yeah and i said i don't know like you can correct me if i'm wrong but it, it just seems seems like it's really hard to to get some of those ic4 assignments like i'm looking back on you know whenever i was on the payette you know the west zone of the payette there outside of weezer idaho oh yeah yeah and it's all grass and sagebrush and so if we got uh if we got an ia I mean, you either had to be standing right next to it to catch it as a type five, or it was it was going, you know, definitely type four, a lot of times even type three. Yeah. Type three on there. And so that's something I look back on and was and was really thankful for to get that exposure and that opportunity, getting to be an IC on those kind of fires, you know, those fast rolling grass and yeah. brush fires, you know, with yeah, with some homes, with some homes, you know, structures threatened and everything, yeah. and they're sending, you know, a bunch of engines, diff, you know, interagency, all of that. So that's something I look back on. I'm like, okay, oh, that, that, that was that was pretty cool to be yeah. a part of that and get and get to have those experiences as an IC4 trainee over in that neck of the woods. Dude, I totally agree, man. Like I, I kind of missed out on that a little bit in Eastern Washington or Eastern Montana, you know, with all the grass fires oh, and yeah. stuff like, yeah, didn't get a chance for the IC one. And I really wanted to because of that, like opportunity of something just going ginormous and just mm-hmm. kind of rolling with it. Like, all right, you know, get a map out. Where's this thing heading? See where you can cut it off. You know, yep. let's put some fire on the ground and see what we can do here. And so I, I kind of missed that, but, um, so I guess like I guess if I was gonna advise any younger firefighters, I'd definitely say like go where you were at in you say Weezer, right? Yeah, yeah, Western yeah. Idaho, yeah, yep. Payette, yeah, or Eastern Montana. I mean, even like Boise BLM, yeah. Dale BLM. It's all you know the same same fuel type, yeah. grass, sagebrush, and you're gonna have a lot of fast moving fires if it's got some wind behind it. Yeah, yeah, stuff that goes big, and especially if you're starting here in Montana, you can spend just like a couple seasons getting those timber fires, yeah. you know, and stuff. Yeah, that's... Get, getting your feet under you, you yeah. know. Hey, we're gonna go. Me plus four, we're going to go hike into this fire. By the time you get up there, even though the fire may have been burning for three days, yeah. you get up there and it's still just a single tree. You know? <laughs> just like the size, side. Yeah, the size of this table, you know, but yeah, still dude. get that exposure to maybe you're dealing with aircraft, getting comfortable talking to dispatch on the radio, painting that picture for him. So definitely. Yeah, yeah I agree, dude. And, um, and then like also like California too. Like California – um, it's kind of a different beast because, um, it, you know, it just is just cause it's fire year round and stuff. Yeah. But man, if you, uh, yeah. if you get a chance to go there and I don't know, it's, it's kind of a weird deal because you, you know, it is like a lot of the places, I think everyone in California has a run card. So like if you, I see something in California, you don't really have to worry about ordering anything up cause it's coming. Yeah. You know, yeah. you might've turned some stuff away is all, yep. but, um, yeah, depending on where you are, you know, in fire danger, where ERCs yeah. are sitting, it's, you got a smoke report. And they're sending four Type Four engines, you know, two Type Sixes, a Type One crew, and two helicopters. Yep, yeah, and tankers might be smashing it already too. Yeah, yeah. if it's yeah, if it's real, if it, if it's in a threatening area, like mm-hmm. you said, man, or, or depends on like yeah, the fire danger for that type of year, you yep. know, like in August, you know, yep. or something. And uh, yeah, man, so that's kind of kind of weird. It's it's overwhelming at first, and then you realize like, oh, I don't have to order anything up. I just got to manage this, and like when I don't need them, just start sending them away, yep. you know. And yep. yeah, that's that's pretty wild, you know, being 
and that's when I was crew bossing for the uh, Great Northern. Another good crew to start off on if you're looking for a starting. Oh fire. yeah, yep. yeah. Type two IA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually send quite a few kids um, from Trapper to, yeah. to fill in over there. Yeah, it's good, man. I'm glad that relationship's happening. And like you know, uh, Great Northern's had its up and ups and downs, but it's man, it's such a good start to to a fire just world, man. Because it's more, you know, districts you get a bunch of different stuff, and I think districts are good for anybody really but um you know to get all that fire experience i think like type 2 ia yeah. you know uh, job Corps, trapper creek uh, you know if you're like more into the fire you know you know this is what you want to do with yourself like that's uh i think those are good starts yeah definitely a good pathway yeah but if you're like just like being in the outdoors and like you know hey i'm not even sure what i want to do fire seems like a good thing and if you're in school man fire is the best because you get like probably the most money you're going to make you yeah. know if you get on some fires yep and then uh the forest services understands like whenever you take off yeah we'll lay you off and then come back when you know you got your rehire right so you come back the next year you know if you want it and you yep. know and so some some districts might even be cool with you leaving all of your gear don't even have to check it yeah. all in like, that's the way it was in peaberg yeah you know Whitehall had, too yeah had gary lambert was like hey did you have a good time yeah, I had, a, I had a blast, you know. This was awesome. I got to go see all sorts of cool cool stuff. My first fire assignment yeah. was with Gary and uh, Gordon Wegley. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude, Gordon's back in Whitehall, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Yeah. And we went to, um, and Dave Rouse. I don't know if you remember yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave was the man. He, he had to hike me off the fire, but that's a different story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so our first fire assignment, we're, we're, we're outside of Yellowstone. Oh, dude. Yeah. So we're, we're you know... It was an engine assignment. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we're out there spraying. And you're just like, oh, there's, there's a buffalo like, <laughs> yeah. 10 yards from me. Oh, dude, that's so cool. Yeah, man. yeah. That was really cool. You guys had that white engine, right, then? Yeah. That was like the, the first white The old single cab engine. stick shift, you yeah. know. It was like, hey, we're going to California. And always trying to find the smallest guy to sit in the oh, middle. Dude, yeah. I guess that wasn't the first type white engine. I remember the Whitehall had that other single cab. Yeah. Yeah, they called Big Pimpin'. Yeah. yeah that thing was awesome, man, because it, uh, it was chipped and had all kinds of aftermarket stuff on it. But it wasn't like... It wasn't a four-wheel drive, and something was weird with suspension, so it had, like, no travel on the front. So yep. if you hit something, man, I mean, it, it was just bottoming out. No, and, yeah. Like, oh, so. like, do you remember Jake Mickelson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Shane Benson, Jake Mickelson, and myself, we, we went from uh, Phillipsburg in that single-cab stick-shift engine all the way to California. Jeez. What is he, six... He's like six five. Yeah, he's yeah, he's huge, yeah. man. I mean, the good thing is Shane and I, you know, we're just short squatty dudes. Yeah. So we're like, hey, Jake, you can drive a lot, right? So we can actually put this seat back. Oh, you know? yeah, good call. Yeah, because if you guys were driving with the short legs, oh yeah, he's looking like a grasshopper, you know, all folded <laughs> yeah, up. Poor guy, yeah, knees in his chin. Oh man, yeah, he's a good dude. Um, I, I ran into him the other day. Oh, really? yeah, well, t- not the other day, like a year ago. He's he's like coaching basketball for Thompson Falls. Oh, is he? Yeah. And so they had like the state basketball tournament here last year or division, something like that. Oh, that's awesome. And I just went into uh, Naps here in town to go grab a bite to eat. Yeah. I know that guy. Yeah, he stands out in a crowd, man. Yeah. 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 Even in Dylan, you know, like when I was going to, when he was going to school, I don't think he was playing ball for him at this point. Did he ever play basketball for Dylan? Yeah, he, he was he was I think he did the J V thing uh for a while. And I don't I don't remember when when he finally, you know, yeah hung up hung up the, the shoes. I think by the time I showed up he was already kinda of done with it, but like he still stood out. I mean, there's still a bunch of, you know, tall basketball kids around campus, but Oh yeah. Jake really stands out, man. And yeah. Uh yeah, last time I talked to him I think he was up teaching up in maybe it was Thompson Falls but I thought he was in Hot Springs 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He did like what? What, what is it called when the teachers go out? It's not like an intern. Oh yeah, it's a student teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he did a student teaching in Hot Springs. Oh gosh, that makes sense. I still never been there. Yeah. Um, and so sorry. I, I feel like we kind of went off on a tangent. Yeah, I was there, trying to like. But think of... after um your Cascade, no, right? Northern Cascade. Yeah, North Cascade. North smoke Cascade jumper. smoke yeah. jumpers. Where, where did you go from there? Oh, uh, then I went to West. So, so you did go to West. Yeah, I did go to West. I, all right. Yeah. So I wasn't full of shit. I was no. thinking, that. I was like, yeah, he, he went to West. He had to have gone to West. I'm pretty sure he was at West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I went to West. Um, How long did you spend there? Just another season. So I, I did one season at NCSB and yep. then one season at West. And the reason why I kept leaving is because NCSB was awesome, but they had a, a real stale uh, kind of organization. Like they should have the funding to fill uh, positions because they were part of the forest. Are you talking there was no room for movement no in the there, organization or no there's even room there like it was so weird when i showed up because um the jump is so expensive and it was, it was attached to the wenatchee no okanagan yeah okanagan natchee national forest i think is the one that was attached to and um so like the forest is paying for it not the region where like missoula is attached to the region so they get like their own funding for the jump base. So the funding for the smoke jumpers coming out of, a, of the whole forest. Yeah. So like they're, I mean, it's it's kind of bad deal. So they're trying to get them separated so they'd be their own own ent- entity. Yeah. And um, so they had some open positions, but they just couldn't fill it. They didn't have the budget. So I was like, all right, you know, I, I gotta get a permit. Maybe we'll come back here eventually. Is kind of what my thought was. Were you wanting to do fire as a career for a while there? Yeah, yeah, for a while until I really started getting all all kinds of messed up with the Crones, you yeah. know. So I went to uh, West, and even in West, man, I was like really getting starting to get desperate for a perm, but there wasn't like the perm fives like there are now. So I got yeah, yeah. They were, I mean, like Livingston was one of the first perm fives that I had seen. So like when I got my position in West. They had the same deal. They were part of the uh, they were part of the Gallatin, which is now the Gallatin Custer, right? Yeah, Custer Gallatin. Yeah, yeah Custer Gallatin. Yeah, and I don't know if the jump base is still part of the forest. I think it is. Yeah, don't know. So yeah, so like kind of it was ex- almost exact same deal as NCSB. Like, uh, you know, part of the forest didn't have the budget for the positions. So I was like, all right, you know, like this is a pretty cool place. But um, was it a big program? A not like were there a lot of jumpers? I mean. Like when I was on the Payette, because McCall, yeah, you know, is part of the Payette National Forest. Yeah. I mean, you go up there and it's like, you, you guys have a an army up here yeah. uh, of smoke jumpers. Yeah, it, it, was like it like that with uh, North Cascades and with West, or was it a no. pretty small organization due really to small. the funding? Due to the funding, yeah, and, and um, just smaller bases, man. Like they're so like. See, I would almost like that. Yeah, I did. I, I would like that better, I feel like, than having a bunch of. 60 some odd people i think i would like having hey 10 15 20 yeah no totally like and it's it's weird because it's such a different world like so missoula is great because it's big though because and you get like a ton of opportunity almost everything in the forest service side of the jump realm flows through missoula like it people get kind of mad about it and they try to say like oh you know we got our own thing but you know it doesn't even matter most of like the region eight stuff seems to flow through missoula like it'll i mean someone's other jump bases are doing their own thing. Like Reading has, I mean, Reading has a region eight program, NCSB, everybody kind of has their own thing, but a lot of stuff flows from Missoula because it's like the mega base. Yeah. And, uh, so then there's always like a little bit of dark city. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it was a t-shirt that had like, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was like pretty much the, 
Oh, is it the puppet master? Master of Puppets, the Metallica teacher? Yeah. And it had, like, it said, like, Missoula as the puppet master, and then it had, like, Grangeville <laughs> and, and West on the strings. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think people were, like, kind of bug people about that one. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, oh, yeah, you yeah. gotta find humor in it. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's what makes fire so good, too, is all the humor. Oh, yeah. But, you gotta have kind of a weird, maybe sick, twisted sense of humor, but it's like, I know I'm weird. I dig that shit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> totally, know? man. You throw something totally weird out at me. I love it. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm with you, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that's why whenever I talk with you, I'm like, man, he's a goofy motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. Ah, exactly, dude. Like, that's why, like, man, when I started this podcast, I was like, I wanted to have you on because I knew we'd vibe and like all the stories we had. And the, I mean, we, our careers have been kind of similar, you know, we, yeah. we got about the same time frame too, yep. man. And like you said, we're both weird. So that oh, makes yeah. it good. Yeah. yeah. It's a match made in heaven, dude. Yeah, exactly. man. Oh, you stop. <laughs> <laughs> and so after, um, West Yellowstone, then where? Uh, then I went to Missoula. So just chasing the perm, like I put in for a bunch of perms, like let me send there's a perm Did you end up getting your perm? No, never Missoula? did. Still seasonal. You, you, so you were never a perm? Never a perm. Damn. So, okay, so, so that's where I went wrong. I was like, yeah, he, he's gotten a perm. No, so like right when I was up for like a perm, like I was one of the top uh, jumpers, probably Missoula, just time and quals and everything, no. you know, like it was, it was like, I was, and I was, I, th- I feel like I was doing pretty good work for him. Like they, you know, liked having me around. So like, um, can't imagine why. Yeah, I don't either. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at digging. I guess maybe. Yeah. yeah. yeah not, Strong not, back, weak minds, ex- love it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> definitely wasn't for my brain. So, uh, but yeah, like uh, my boss Dan Cottrell, uh, who's now the training foreman, I believe. Uh, yeah, he's like, hey man, make sure you put him for the perm this year. And uh, I kind of did not sell myself on that phone call. <laughs> oh, really? Like, and uh, but at the time, I was like. My guts were in pretty bad shape for my Crohn's disease, so I was like, "Man, I need to, uh, I need to do something that can control my diet with the least." Yeah. So in in my brain, I was like, "Structure fire, right?" I got all this fire experience. Structure folks are starting to do more wildland. I'm like, I can bring that, you know, to the table hopefully. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's an engine boss, so I was like, "Man," and most of the brush trucks are type six or type fives. I'm like, "That's right up my alley," and uh, yeah, so I went into the structure thing and. Turns out it was worse. <laughs> it was way worse <laughs> on me. So, uh, you know, like all, everyone I worked with and worked for was great, man. And like everyone in the structure world is like awesome folks. Was this but in Missoula? It was in uh, Great Falls. Oh, Great Falls, huh? Yeah. And, and then uh, the pattern to my career in fire seems to be under budgeted places because for Great Falls <laughs> is the same way, man. They're like three, two stations under what they really should be at or something like that. Like yeah. they for sure need another station, but like two, I think they'd be operating at a, at a better level mm-hmm. if they had two stations. And you did that for one year yeah yeah years? not even man i think i made it just a little over three months like or a little longer than that, maybe i made it like over their academy and just part way through my probation period and like um my second or third shift like my crones in such bad shape man that like i was almost missing calls because i have to go to the bathroom and yeah. then, like you know, we get the call and I'd just be like hurrying up, trying to make sure I would like get everything out of me. So like when I was on the, <laughs> yeah. the call, I wouldn't just be, shit in your guts. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, just getting everything out, getting the demons out. And then, <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't have that, have it happen on the call, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, listen, I know you're in bad shape, but so am I. I need, I need to use <laughs> yeah. your bathroom. <laughs> that reminds me of like whenever I first got a phone call, um, for a permanent position, it was in Ennis and I don't even remember, um, who called me? Oh, Michael Gu. Oh yeah, Gu. Yeah, yeah. Done. And the keys. He he called me. I I thought it was just gonna be an interest check, and so he starts. He's like, "You got a second to chat?" Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm driving through Missoula. Yeah. On reserve. Oh yeah. And if you know anything about 
Missoula Reserve Street traffic, oh. you know, around five o'clock. Well, so I'll be going through Salt Lake. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> you know? And so he starts asking me these questions. You were saying, like, you did not sell yourself in the interview. Yeah. I was the same way. I remember this question. He's, he says, how would you handle conflict? I tell him, I'm in conflict right now, driving through Missoula, man. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm handling it. Yeah, and then after that, it was kind of like, okay, thanks for your time. Uh, we'll be Dude. back in touch with you. Never heard from him again. <laughs> oh, and that was for Ennis, huh? Yeah, that was for Ennis. Yeah, yeah. And that was, I think, my after my third or fourth year in fire. So looking back now, I, I'm it's I would have been pretty early, you yeah, know, yeah, really to early. get a permanent nowadays. And then, you know, I, I still was a seasonal for another oh three or four years after that. Oh geez. Yeah. And then ended up going to Wise River, you know, for the permanent there. Yeah, I remember I, I think you were like and because it's so difficult to get a perm, like at like kind of our group, you were one of the first ones to get a perm. And like, I mean, that's how long it took back then. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, unless you were really moved, willing to move like farther, you know, yeah. into a different region. Because region one, like it was a whole region, didn't really have perm fives back then, right? Yeah. It, I mean, few and far between, it seemed like. Yeah. And I just, you know, whenever I worked on the low low, I still, I was in school still and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. If I was like, hey, I'm going to pursue my pursue a degree, yeah. or if I want to do fire as a career, you know, it's like I loved fire, but still wasn't sure. And whenever I went to the Lolo, it was a, uh, uh, there was a guy there. What the heck was his name? Uh, in Nine Mile? At or? Nine Mile. Uh, position. What was the position? He was, I think he was the senior firefighter. Big dude. Big dude. Hmm. Stark. Oh, oh uh, geez. He w- did he come from Hell Attack to go to the senior position? Mm, Not the same dude I'm thinking of. No, he was only there for a little while as the senior, and then mm. he ended up taking a job in Oregon as an AFEO. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Stark. Yeah, he's named after a mountain right there behind Nine Mile. Oh, really? Hmm. You think I'd know that? I should know that. Yeah, I, I can't think of it. But anyways, the, the best advice he gave me, you know, when I was thinking, okay, I, maybe I do want to do this as a career. Yeah. He told me, he's like, it's not hard to to move up. You just have to be willing to move on. Yeah. And so after he gave me that advice, after five seasons as a seasonal in Peaberg, and then that one year on the Lolo, I started aggressively pursuing, you know, other positions that I knew I had the timing grade for the quals for I had, you know, my supervisor saying, Hey, you know, like you're, you're ready for, for some of these positions. Yeah. And so after that, I, I just started making some phone calls, even, you know, starting there at nine mile. Hey, is there going to, is there any word of a, a five being open perm five? And at the time it was uh, taken up by, uh, that's, uh, that's a smart move, dude. Just throw out that feeler. And yeah. anyone who could be listening to this down the road, which hopefully people listen, yeah. that's a really good move. If you want to go somewhere, like especially with fire hire, you don't really know if that position's open. You'll throw your name in the hat, but that person might have just got that position the year yeah. before, might not be ready to, yeah. ready to move. And I mean, maybe the chips just, you know, maybe the stars align, something like that. But um, Shane Benson had taken a job um down in beaver Beaver, utah yeah yeah. and so he called me up and 
he, he says, Hey, what, what, what are your plans? Are you, are you still in fire? Are you going to school? Like, what are you doing? I, I told him, um, I think I'm pretty much putting school on the back burner right now. He said, I got a seasonal five here for you. It, it's yours if you want it. Yeah. Then I went down there, spent two seasons, you know, on the, uh, type one fire module down there, Tusher mountain. Yeah. And then, um, Got got some more good good classes, you know. Got some good training. Got built, to hang built, out with built on the walls. Yeah, yeah. Got to hang out with Benson, who's a really you know close close friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. And then um, after that, just I can't emphasize enough. Call the places that you're serious. Yeah. About working. Yeah, totally. You know. And then I got a call from Braybender, you know, who was doing fire hire, and he says, "Hey, um, Powell or Wise River, where would you go?" I was like, well, Wise River on the B Bar D, like my home turf. Yeah, absolutely. Home. Yeah. So spent a couple years there. And uh Yeah, I remember dude, I remember you were like the only one there in the winter. And uh Yeah. And that was one thing cool that like we hadn't really talked about it, like with, with our friendship is we'd go somewhere else. Like we you know, you went to Nine Mile and then I went out to NCSB and then we but we link up always in Missoula. Like we'd spend yeah. all of our, you know, time yeah. in Missoula, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden like you were in Missoula one winter, and I was like, hey. Hey, where's Craig? <laughs> I was talking to Wyden. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's November. I know he's around here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I haven't heard from him. I haven't seen him. We haven't karaoke'd. Yep. What's going on here? <laughs> yep. Dark days indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were, man. It's probably for the best, you know, because uh, I was getting a little bit more uh, less nervous about karaoke, and I should always be nervous about it because my voice. Oh, man. Is you, not... just, you just get a couple drinks of liquid courage in you, oh. and you're. Your favorite singer, whoever the hell you want to be. Yeah, well, we did yeah. that duet for uh, oh, <laughs> the Top Gun duet. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, that love and feeling. Oh yeah. Uh, you you carried us. It's I, it's a classic. Man. I mean, it's like, great. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. It's song. true. I mean, the crowd helped out a lot. I just uh, I lost the words, but you, you, you kept rolling. So. <laughs> How'd you lose the words? They're on the screen. <laughs> I know that was <laughs> the like, worst part. Damn it! <laughs> you <laughs> had one job, Luke. <laughs> I know, dude. I started trying to work the crowd too much. <laughs> you're you're the hype man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. This is your part, Luke. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It was brutal, man. But good time. Yeah. Sh- should I should I cover like my oh yeah just gonna... dis- disciplinary like oh, experience is that a good thing to talk about do you think uh yeah maybe we'll say that one for another one i thought you were talking about the songwriting stuff it was gonna introduce oh, no. that stuff yeah we'll save that for another podcast cause i think that would be a good one just for folks especially in the times we are right now but but we'll save that one for a different podcast okay. i think cool um I actually meant to talk to you about that before this, but either way. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but I meant to introduce you as the Craig McDonald, you know, uh, supervisor and foreman of Trapper Creek, and then also singer, songwriter, composer. Oh my God. <laughs> so, I mean, it took a while to get back to that, but. Not a single thing you just said was accurate. <laughs> well, no, it was all accurate. Singer, songwriter. Okay, singer, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Songwriter, songwriter for sure. All right, damn yeah. it. You I don't really know. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I mean, I don't really know what a composer actually does, but I'm nobody sure does. In there. Yeah. No, nobody knows for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. So I forgot to throw it out there, anyways, because it yeah. sounds nice. Yeah, it really rounds everything out. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, like, pretty much composed a symphony, a symphony, no, not a symphony, um, an acapella group, I guess, more of of firemen on a fire one time with uh, your rendition of the, of the Highwaymen. Yes. Yeah. Wasn't it? What was the title of that one? So instead of um, the highwaymen, 
by the Highwaymen. So Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, oh, Waylon Jennings. Legends. Yeah. We just we were on the Wallow Fire in Arizona in 2011, I think, was the Wallow Fire in Arizona. Yeah, still one of the and, uh, and yeah, it was a B-Bar-D crew. And it was me, Jeff Barnes from Ennis. Yeah. Chris Herrick's from Ennis. Yeah. Uh, Donovan. Oh, uh, Donovan. Um, not Suko. Hmm. I'm blanking on Donovan. Yeah, he, he, he works up. I don't know if he still does, but he spent some time with uh, the Helena Hot Shots. He oh, worked out of Dylan. You're talking about Dom? Dominic? Dominic. Yeah, yeah, Petrelli. Petrelli. Yeah, Petrelli. Yep, yep. Yeah, I just saw him recently, And then man. there was... He, a, he there, looks good. Yeah, there's another guy, Ryan something. He worked out of... Uh, I thought he worked with you. Ryan. Yeah. Um, where did we leave off? What was that? Where did we leave off? I think we were just talking about... Um, like fire... Uh, fire... When we got into our permanent positions oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and how we're able to the places we've gone to be able to move up, move on, and everything. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know that that story I was telling you from uh, the guy at Nine Mile. God, what is his name? Uh, but uh, the same, got to move on to move up. Yeah, I mean that's it's true. I feel like, but there's also some some ways that can kind of hold off. It's like, yeah, you can move on for that next position. Yeah. But then if you're not in an area, you know, that has an aggressive fire program or you're just not getting a lot of IAs, then you might be sitting there stuck waiting to get those, those, uh, quals, those training assignments yeah. to then be able to qualify, you know, for the next position. So dude, hundred percent. Yeah. Looking back on it, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate to have worked you know, in the different places I have, you know, region one, region one and four. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much, you know, most, mostly region one. I spent five years in region four. Yeah. And like, you know, that's enough time to just get some five years in region four. Yeah. Two. Jeez, that's really so long. Yeah. Two in Southern Utah. Oh, and geez. then, um, yeah, three on the payette. Dude, that's, that's a lot of, that's a really good experience, man. Just getting out. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's totally different. You get down to Southern Utah and, you know, you have, you know, the, the pinion, uh, the juniper there on the payette, it's straight cheap grass yeah. and, and sagebrush. And then, and then, uh, you'll still have the ponderosa pine component stuff like that. Once you get up into the high country, but then you come out here, you know, here on the bitterroot, a lot, a lot of pondo, you know, in some of the lower country, the BBRD yeah. is pretty much strictly uh lodgepole pine and doug fir yeah yeah <laughs> at exactly. least at least in the peaberg area oh same with yeah whitehall too man like we yeah had, we had one ponderosa in the district and got hit by lightning and people were pretty sad <laughs> yeah like, no <laughs> yeah we lost it yeah or, uh, no we got hit by the windstorm or something but either way it was yeah we, we lost it yeah <laughs> have you gone out and seen the the big tree up fish creek Oh, um, it's like the largest pondo in Montana. So, uh, but supposedly there's a rumor that there's a bigger one in like the scapegoat wilderness oh, or the really? Bob Marshall, something like that. Have you uh, been out to the one at Fish Creek? I don't know. Th- I don't think I've seen that one. I've been to Gus, the largest tamarack or not tamarack, Western large. Yeah, tamarack. Yeah. That, that's a that's that's a Montana slang for it. Yeah, I exactly. call I call them tamaracks. Yeah, me too, man. Some people get a little touchy about it though. Yeah, They're like oh, it's Western large, but it's yeah, like the same. Okay, family. yes, it is. Yeah. Well, where's that at? You said it has a name, Gus. 
Gus, yeah. Oh, Gus is over by Sealy. <laughs> you didn't know? Oh, okay. Yeah, that, yeah. that would make sense. Yeah, like, and it, well, it's kind of amazing to me is because you, like, drive by this big logging mill that looks like it's been there forever, yeah. you know, and then, or timber mill or whatever, mill. And then uh, you go across the river, or uh, I think it's a river. Well, you go across this bridge anyways, and uh, Gus is on the left and this other big old uh, growth uh, Larch stand and it's pretty cool. Larch are cool, man. They are, dude. I, I like, man. I love yeah. how like they change color. And it, yeah. When I, last time I, I went there was uh, when they were changing colors, about to drop their needles. Yeah. And, man, it, that like orangey, mm-hmm. you know, glow. It was super cool. That's what I really liked about Nine Mile in the fall. Mm. You know, you'd be driving through a a, a tamarack stand, yeah. and this was when they actually were losing their needles and oh, just yeah. like you were driving on a road of gold yeah you know, i was like this is cool man i, I really i really like oh like those totally man I'm, yeah i'm right there with you man like and it. then you were with me up on um on the b bar d that uh whetstone fire that you ended up hiking off on yeah do you remember yeah. those monstrous white bark pines it was like pretty sure they filmed lord of the rings up here yeah oh, like dude, how so... gnarly those those old growth white bark pines are that's cool man that was super cool yeah and i remember at the time because i hadn't really hiked in too many fires and that being like a long hike for me man like it wasn't like too hard but i remember being like this is taking longer than what i thought yeah it was the fire be. was right off the trail it was yeah. like four miles yeah and it was just like a, a lot of terrain yeah like you know elevation gain and loss and yep. like there was like like you said it looked like lord of the rings remember, i don't know if you remember it was like one of the first times we stopped and like I, I felt like our pace is pretty good because like we were trying to get in were you, were you hiking were you already on the fire when we got there i don't remember i don't know well i hiked in with a pretty pretty large group i mean almost been us then yeah yeah because i mean it, it was it was on you know the pentler ranger district so yeah, yeah. I, I walked in i i you know we i ate it yeah well, and I, don't, I don't remember if you guys still met up with us and we all went in there i think and so. we're first on scene all together or if we showed up and you know ordered you guys i don't i don't remember that's what i'm sure i remember yeah i can't remember and uh because i remember craig howells was the oh yeah. Boss. yeah oh yeah Halsey. and uh yeah he, he hugged us in and, and where's that, that guy at that guy's in billings last time i saw him and uh he, uh, I can't remember what his position is, but he's doing well, man. Like he's he, such a great guy. He's with the BLM. BLM, yeah, BLM out of Billings. Right. Yep. Yeah. And uh, man, who knows? I mean, he's a he's a mover and a shaker. He might be somewhere else, but um, back in twenty, oh geez, twenty sixteen, <laughs> when I was doing my engine boss trainee, I I was out there and with uh, Mike King was my my trainer and yeah yeah it was, it was a good time man we're type six in it and you know ran to Craig and and a few other folks that like I hadn't seen him forever on that on that assignment man it was it was really good but yeah he's he's doing awesome I can't remember what his position was but I think he's a, kind of a higher position up there you know and doing doing good things yeah yeah it, it's it's crazy man like fire you know we always say fire is a small world yeah but big... once you spend a couple of years in it then you really understand how small it is yeah man yeah you know like out in ohio guy working out there is like oh you work with alex graham who's a guy who works on the sula district oh yeah you know shane benson guys know shane benson in in colorado oh dude all over or or, yeah wherever yeah it it really is you know (laughs) a small a small world oh dude totally man and one that yeah like uh we were there and like having a good time, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, old Honkamp and Nelson show up. And uh, you yeah. were Lori Honkamp, Leroy Honkamp, yeah, Leroy, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you were still around when he was in dispatch that one summer. Yep, yeah, yep. that was awesome. Man. I loved him in dispatch, me too. I dude. was like, please, Leroy, please be on the radio today. Oh, please so great, man, because like, yeah, he, he man, he was like really good about just like 
giving you heads up on stuff. Like we were, I seen this little small fire and he knew, yeah, cause he knew the forest so good. Yeah. We were in a tall timber stand. He knew we couldn't see the weather very well. And he's like, Hey, just giving you a heads up. There's a hell of a squall coming your way. Yeah. He's like, so get, you know, bat down the hatches, do what you gotta do. But that's you know. the nice thing about having dispatchers who've actually spent time out in the field yeah. is cause they know, you know, what we're experiencing on the ground yep. and, and, you know, realizing hey these guys might not be seeing this or i'm sure it's on their radar yeah but i'm just gonna in case it's been in their their blind spot or whatever reinforce it i i i can definitely tell those are like my favorite dispatchers are the ones who've spent time in the field yeah and it's totally noticeable yeah to to me yeah for sure man yeah he's just getting his heads up you know and like saw it was coming right at just a small cell i don't Mm -hmm. even know if it really bothered any of the other folks in the district but it was coming right for us. Up, uh, we we're up near Delmo on top of the Homestake Pass there. You know? Oh yeah, so, yeah. Like it was, you know, it wasn't too bad. We just, you know, we were pretty much done with the fire already. So we just, you know, quicken the pace. And that's all he was doing was just giving us a little nudge, like, hey, you know, you guys might want to wrap it up as soon as you can. Yeah. You know? And yeah, that was awesome. Like you said, it's so great having him in dispatch. Mm-hmm. He's still around, I think. Yeah, I think I, so. I'm pretty sure. I think he's thinking about retiring. Man, that's gonna be lost too when he does retire. Oh man. yeah, just because yeah, the knowledge. I think he's still the saw coordinator. I oh really sure. I was gonna say, man, that guy runs a saw. And it's funny, dude. I was talking to him because you remember how like his whole family came out of the big hole, right? Had like a big ranch and stuff, and yeah. it just they, you know they couldn't keep it going. It wasn't making enough money and stuff, yep. so it got sold off. And uh, man, I, I just was so grateful to have this time with him when I was doing my uh, detail in the white back to Whitehall for Ranch and Boss. Mm-hmm. I got to spend time with him and, and Samson and do some burns and stuff and just ride around with them. And dude, I mean, he was hiking and putting more fire down than any any two guys. Oh yeah, on dude. That. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I was like a smoke jumper with my chest out, thinking like, man, I'm gonna. He's out. one of those legends, man. He is, dude. Like, and man, you, you, like when looking at him, I was like, you know, I and I've to me, I was like. And it was just out of respect. I was like, man, I want to make sure I work my butt off because I really like working with Leroy and yeah. Sam's and I want to make sure like I, I earn my keep here. Yeah. So, and like, you know, I had a little trippy in the smoke jumper. I want to make sure I put all the fire down and, and you know, just work my butt off. And Leroy, dude, he would just like, he'd grab a torch and be gone. And I'd be like, oh, geez, dude. And I'm like dying <laughs> trying to keep up with him. I'm like, yeah, oh, that plan went away. Yep. <laughs> you know? Like, so Samson was your AFMO. AFMO, yeah. yeah. I ran into him um, last year. Hmm. On we, I took an engine out, uh, a Darby engine out, to uh, Central Montana, Lewistown. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know we get out there. I guess this was the second time I went out there. You know, and then Do you came, have the team came back. Out there? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got a type two team. Yeah. Right now. yeah. Yep. Because then after I did that engine assignment, got a lot of fire activity. Over there, had that Judith River fire that went type three. You know, we, we burned out all night, which was awesome. It was oh, a total blast. Yeah, man. What an experience, huh? Yeah. And then it was cool because I had a bunch of, on the engine, had a bunch of other folks who had never burned before, let alone at night. It's and so, so pretty at Oh, night. man. They, they loved it. And it was so cool watching them, you know, and having some of the more experienced guys kind of intermix between them, like like coaching them up. Yeah, yeah. And seeing, even, even though it was a, a two-mile stretch that we burned out, seeing how it was from when we very first started lighting to the end of like, yeah, these guys are starting to, you know, anticipate fire behavior, where they're putting it down. Yeah, how much to put down. Yeah, different yeah. different techniques. Yep. I just thought that was really cool. I ran into Samson um, did, did, on the quick, very quick, next... Quick like, question. Yeah. Did you pull out the Chevron? No. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever done the Chevron. That's why I was asking. No, no we, we straight <laughs> stripped it. When I was in Ohio, you know, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You doing the Chevron? Yeah, we did the Chevron. Oh, that was a legend. Yeah. 
dude. Yeah. Yeah. So you said, sorry to cut you off. You said he ran to Sam's though? Yeah. yeah. So came home and then like, I guess it was probably a month later now when got ordered up, you know, we had that uh, team Rubicon um, put together oh, yeah, yeah. that we were, that we were hosting at a trapper. Yeah. And so, you know, at the time the Bitterroot was just starting to open up again, you know, they were, they were keeping folks pr- pretty tight to, to the forest Yeah, and things were just starting to open up. And we're like, oh yeah, we're we're going we're going to we're going to Colorado. We're going to uh, Wyoming because the Mullen Mullen. Yeah, I think so. The, the big, big the big fire in Wyoming yeah. last year. Yeah. Like we're, we're or we're going to Oregon because Oregon, you know, was blowing up. Yeah, we're we're, we're leaving. We're, we're we're going out somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to Central Montana, the <laughs> Yogo Fire. Oh yeah. In the middle of nowhere. Oh man, yeah. But yeah, it was awesome. And that's where I ran into Samson. I don't think he recognized me. Oh really? Yeah, I mean, he's got a pretty good memory. Maybe not right off the bat. I bet he maybe put together later then. Yeah, you know how it is. Like sometimes you see somebody, and then you know you go back to whoever you were hanging out with. You're like, that guy looked really familiar. Oh, dude, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and like, and it's easy for us too. I thought about that all the time, and, and pretty thankful for the people that we work with on the BRTs because the memory's so good, man. You know, mm-hmm. like. If I ran to Gary now, he might not know my name, but he'd kind of know who I am. Oh, know? yeah. Like, because it, it's probably about, like, the same time frame with, with you and Samps, where it's like, you haven't seen Samps in a few years. Yep. But, like, you know, like, if he got to talk to you a little bit longer, he'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yep. McDonald, what's up, dude? Yep. You know, and, like, Lambert's the same way. I think the last time I saw him was last year, the year before, at the brewery, and still, like, gave me a big old bear hug, man. Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah, just, just great people. And, and, like, you were kind of saying about, like, um, the fire coming, you know, everyone talks about, uh, you know, like how small a fire com- community can be. And when you first get in, you're like, this is huge. There's like 10,000 forest mm-hmm. Yeah, you go to a fire camp and, and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, there's like 10,000 forest service firefighters mm-hmm. alone. Well, not technicians, forestry yeah, technicians. Yeah, for, forestry technicians. Yeah. Ten, Excuse me. Yeah, ten, tender <laughs> subject, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can edit this out later. We're only firefighters. When, when we die yeah yeah oh that is true yeah yeah then then we get called firefighters but yeah, in the mem- meantime memorials. Yeah, until then we're technicians yeah until and, then we yeah, we're technicians yeah every time i see you know an email come out you know and like hey somebody got hit by a snag or there was a vehicle accident burnover whatever you know i fight every ounce of my body to be like respond to the email nationwide <laughs> yeah he was a good forestry technician yeah he was, yeah, he was just the best to be a smart ass yeah. like i said yeah yeah it's uh, it's a weird deal and that's what i heard about like i haven't actually watched the anchor point not to pivot off too far from what we're talking about but uh i haven't watched the anchor point uh podcast yet i've heard good things but... no I, I haven't either this is actually the the first time i've heard of it oh really? yeah, yeah maybe yeah and i kind of same deal until i was going to put this together like i'd hear from like random folks like hey man the, there's actually another one out there with about wildland the anchor yeah. point but um what they said is he's kind of tackling more of the stuff about like the firefighter stuff and more of the kind of political yeah uh get involved political side man may, maybe management yeah sort of side yeah of yeah yeah exactly like he's a little bit more in, in the weeds on that stuff you yeah know? and um, which yeah, you know, I would I'm not opposed to. It's just yeah. he he sounds like he knows a lot more about it than I do. And, oh yeah, and, yeah, probably me too. I I probably misspeak. You know, if, yeah. I, if we start getting into the weeds on that, I'll be like, that guy does not know what he's talking about on that subject. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which you know, probably people say about all this for me. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, going back to the small world thing. Yeah. I mean, even doing hiring this year, you know, going through applications, I'm just like, I know that guy, that guy, I know that girl, that girl, that guy, that guy. And it's it's 
I don't know. It's just kind of incredible to me that totally. That's just like, yeah, I, I know a bunch of these people and I can be like, Hey, I've worked with them. They're good. I've yeah. worked with them. Eh, maybe they're option two or something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah, they need a little more time or whatever, you know, maybe a little more. And, that, and that's the hard part too, that can come with hiring. I've noticed is that like, you know, depending on when you caught them in the season, maybe, or yeah. their mood, what's going on in their life, you know, yep. like you might've got a bad, bad round with somebody. And then you come to find out later, like nothing but awesome reviews, but you're mm-hmm. like, Oh man, I just must've caught them on a bad day, yep. you know? Yep. And it's, so it can be kind of tough that way, you know, like, yeah. And that's the hardest part too. Like if anyone listens to this, who's getting into fire or is in fire looking for the next position, man, you gotta be on like your best day. Yeah. You just don't have a bad day. You yeah. Know? Like, Cause you never know when you're on the line. Who, who's a hiring manager? Exactly. Yeah. And you might like whoever you might be, you know, like you said, like you don't know where they're from or like if you're on that district and you know, if they're looking for that position you're looking for yep. to, to fill, you know, and mm-hmm. then, you know, if you're never having a bad day, you know, even if it is a bad day, if you're still showing a good, good spirit and stuff that goes a long way, yeah. you know? I mean, hiring, I feel like is kind of getting, getting better, at least from an application standpoint. I feel like we are doing a better job yeah. at, uh, getting, you know, outreaches out there, at least with, with our folks, you know, and I'm seeing how the, the bitter root does things is like, they're doing a good job of letting their folks know, Hey, here's the, the seasonal or even permanent vacancy dates. Here's yep. the dates they're open. Here's the announcement numbers. The thing that's really frustrating though, for a, a lot of, a lot of us doing the hiring is they're doing the seasonal hiring before the permanent hiring. Yeah. That's what so I was say. you, you got, you know, these positions, you got these folks who are, you know, maybe been a, a seasonal for a while, but they've also got their name in the hat for permanence Yeah, and you offer them a seasonal job and they take it, but then perm fire hire rolls around. Yeah. They get a phone call and you lose them. Yep. And you're like, oh, and, man. F- and now, now we have no way to make up for this. I mean, last year we had the 60, 60, you know, late season hire. So we were were able to make it work that way, but it's just like, it needs to go in a certain order. We need to do seasonals after, after we do permanent fire hire. You know, that way those, those cats know, Hey, it, I'm supposed to get a a phone call because on those outreaches, you know, it also shows you, you know, the timeframes for things. Region one, it has like, here's your announcement numbers for hand crew, engine, hell attack, shot whatever yeah and it's like here's the time frame we're gonna applications are due let's say october 15th they're going to be reviewed on these days you're going to get interest check calls on these days and then job offers tentative job offers on this date yeah and so it'd be nice where they could if they could do permanent and then seasonal those guys would know okay that date has passed i'm probably not getting a permanent I better take whatever, yeah, whatever seasonal comes job pipe. comes up, so no one's left shorthanded. Yeah, yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Like you said, if you especially you're in that four position and you're looking for yeah. a five, and that's the only place, the only place I see the issue. Yeah, is with folks, you know, going from the four to a five. Yeah, exactly. Because you can put your name in both hats on that yep. one. You know, either way, you want the the pay upgrade, and you know, actually the five seasonal pays more. But you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Down the road, that that perm five will pay you more. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, exactly. But, um, and yeah, and that's what I was gonna say too is that. The, and the open continuous stuff is a good idea, but they just didn't quite do it all the way. Did you see that this year? Like, so, and it kind of got me because I was in the hospital when I applied for the assistant engine captain position. Was it AFEO or whatever? Yeah, AFEO. Yeah. Well, if it's a type six, it's AFEO. If it's oh. a type four, 
it's FEO. See, I did not know this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so then type like type FEO, six, yeah, yeah. type six captains. SFEO, you, you right? know, um, no, that's type fours is oh. FEO. S-F-E-O. Oh. And then the type sixes are F-E-O's. F-E-O's. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, see, it, I was, I was so confused on that yeah. this year. And uh, But that the assistant position was only open, you know, it's like normal fire hire usually. is like yeah. from, you know, like a month or two months, mm-hmm. you know, it's open. You put Everyone gets their name in the hat and you just hope it comes through. But then, like, the cap position, I think, is closed in August. So it's like an open continuous. So, like, you know, which is great because then all of a sudden if a cap position moves an AFMO or moves – duty stations it's like can you hear me all right yeah it feels like a mile away here no. but yeah if they move duty stations then it's like oh all right well you know that person's on but we still got a pool of in the hiring you know we still got a bunch of folks in the hiring pool it's like now we just you know upload the next person we were thinking about hiring you know and fill that position but like if you're going to take your assistant which most people would want to do if they get the time and grade take your assistant and put them into the cabin yeah position. hire the devil you know instead of the devil you don't yeah exactly and if if you want to do that, then that open continuous is not open anymore. So then hopefully you can get a detailer, you know, otherwise you got a gap right there in that mm-hmm. assistant position, you know, just like you were saying with a, with that five position too, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's no, I, I didn't I think they're working the bugs out this, this coming year though. Cause like, it's like baby steps. You yeah. Know? And I know there's been a lot of feedback, you know, for Albuquerque and everything of like, Hey, this, this system we have right now, it's, we're making it work, but it's not the best it could be. So hopefully, yeah. Hopefully there's some tweaks that they can make to it. I think so too, man. And like before it felt like nothing was getting done or changed. Like for the first few years of USA jobs, like things just kept seeming like they were staying the same or getting worse. But now it seems like there's getting a little more feedback. And I did hear rumor. Don't know if this is true. Cause I only heard it once. And it was like kind of in passing that they were talking about taking a lot of HR positions and going back to like a regional or even maybe a little bit bigger than a regional, but like kind of an area of HR to where it's like more local. Versus that, see, that's news to me, but I think I'm on board with it. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe it's not news. <laughs> maybe I'm lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, but I'm on board with it. If it isn't, we should make it. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, because like when you first started, was there still an HR person in the forest? So I remember like that position in Dillon. There's a position in Dillon at the SO or whatever. SO? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think there was still like an HR person, kind of like they had a little bit of a power, but they couldn't do a lot. For yeah, us. honestly, man, I don't know because you know whenever you're new to the Forest Service, I mean, y- y- you don't know, you know, your asshole from your elbow. It's yeah. just like, oh, I got a phone call from yeah. this Gary I, Lambert. Like, yeah, I've got papers. Like my my first day of work, I was late. Oh really? Because I showed up and I walk into the office. I'm like, hey, when am I supposed to start? And Gary's like, today, an hour and a half ago. <laughs> Like oh yeah, and so like yeah, I didn't know if there was an HR person or anything like that. I didn't I didn't even know what what day or what time yeah. I was supposed to start. Oh dude, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm like, and I wasn't in the bunkhouse either. So like my second year I was, so that, that makes it a lot easier. But yeah, I was the same way. And then luckily I don't know I ended up uh, getting that figured out before. But I, I should have like all those papers. I you know like they had me do like whatever. You remember yet? I mean, you still have to do it, right? Um, yeah, you still have to do it. Still have to do, like you know, like the I, yeah, the OF three hundred six, the I nines, the SF sixty ones, and then this one's kind of new to me, the SF one forty four that is oh. like showing or you're declaring that you have had previous federal experience or something like that. Oh, I don't geez. know. I'm just going down like my supervisor 
checklist to onboard employees to make yeah. it as streamlined as possible. I'm like, SF-144, I open yeah, it up. that's new like, to me. I'm like, I don't recognize that form no. yeah. at all. I don't either. Yeah, because SF-50 is like your hiring action, right? Anytime there's an action, right? Is your SF-50 is like hiring or laid off or whatever. Yep. Firing. Yep. Yeah, the SF-50 basically shows that you had the time that you served at this position these dates yeah yeah and that's a that's a bugger that's a 50 i mean i i kind of get it but it's still like a pain for like the employee to have to sometimes you have to like sh- turn all your sf50s remember back in the day especially to prove you good time and grade is seasonal yeah. you had to you had to submit all your sf50s mm-hmm. and that i mean <laughs> and see i i never did that but oh, really? you know the yeah. last last couple of years i i've heard chatter of that of like oh yeah you need all of your sf50s yeah this year, I mean, and I'm, like, I'm thinking, ah, oh, you don't need all of them. Like, you just need to show, you know, may, maybe your last two. Like, if you need a year, you know, yeah. so two seasons as a timing grade to qualify, you know, for the next position. I was like, I could understand, you know, your most recent two if that was the same position and grade you were in. Yeah. To show, yep, I have spent time and grade as this position to qualify for this, but like. Why, why do you need to see an SF-50 from when I was a GS-3 if I'm applying for GS-8 jobs? Oh, I know, dude. It makes no sense. Yeah. Like, you got my, my master record, you know, my IQCS, you know, so it's like, yeah, there's Yeah, you have all, all of the these years. supporting documents. Yeah, from guard school yeah. your first year all yeah. the way up to, like, whatever the last class and, and whatever qual you were doing. Yep. And fires. Yep. So, like, the fires you were on, like, last year, or mm-hmm. me, you know, like, the stuff that Engine Boss on or IC5, it's like, you have all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, know, yeah, well, well, yeah. It's the federal government, man. We're good at making headaches for ourselves. Oh, dude, I know, man. So, like, this this year after talking to Benji, he, like, had me, like, cover every, you know, uncover every rock, you know, and dot all my I's and cross all my T's. Yeah, something like I that. Was, <laughs> dude, I was searching to make something cooler, but that's what I came up with. Yeah. <laughs> so, dude, I was fishing hard. I was like, there's a cooler saying in there somewhere. I always fuck that saying up, so, <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I just got to talk real slow, work your way through it. That's all. But, uh, yeah, so, I, man, I... Uh, so I even like uploaded a picture of my red card, my most recent red card, you know, like mm-hmm. with engine boss, IC five, IC four, all yep. that stuff, you know, like, um, I think it was just, I don't even know if I had IC four on there, but yeah. And that's another pain in the butt is a red card, which we could talk at length with that about red card stuff too. In like what, what regard? Oh, um, the red card committees. I thought you were going to say in what capacity. That's why I was like kind of pausing oh. there. Uh, yeah, red card committees, because I don't know if that's still true, but the BLM, when I was jumping, wasn't didn't have red card committees. You got your qual, it was put on your red card. Oh, really? Yeah, so like, which is really cool. So especially IC4 or Task Force, any of those, like, um, and that's why BLM was always like able to, especially in the jump world, we're able to, and out of Boise, I'm just gonna eventually get to what I'm trying to say, but jumpers out of Boise, they have Nipsey next door so they can take a class. Like whenever there's a hole in a class, they just grab whoever's available and whoever's next in line, throw them in that class, whoever yeah. needs it. And then they farm them out to wherever. And then they have some kind of rotation too, to get your quals, like for single resource stuff. And then as soon as you're done it enough and your trainer feels good it just gets signed off i think it ends up on your red card it's not like it has to like hmm. go through a committee of a bunch of people who don't know you and determine if you have had the right experience for that yeah for that to qual you yeah. know that's a that's a rub about the red card committee if, yeah i see i see both sides of it man because yeah. you know a, a lot of a lot of places i've worked you know you have you get some of those training assignments from people you work with especially at those lower leveling like F- fft1 ic5 ma- engine boss maybe even yeah. and so i could see why the people who 
some some folks would say, hey, you know, this person re- just maybe just really likes you. Maybe they're a friend, and they're just trying to to sign you off and yeah. give you a good buddy deal. Where the red card committee, you know, is like, okay, you got signed off, but let's, you know, look at assignments? Your, let's look at your task book, look at your assignments, how yeah. many days, yeah, complexity, got, yeah, how how many different regions? Like, I just got, yeah. I just got signed off as firing boss in Ohio, Ooh, dude. and, and it, it was like, okay, I've got five signatures in there from four different regions. It's just like. I don't know what else I can do. Yeah. <laughs> if oh, I don't yeah. get signed off here, oh, then just dude. take my firing boss task book away because I don't know what else I can do. Yeah, here. totally, man. And even though you do that, it's like it's still like at least for me, man. I sweat it. Like my oh, yeah. four, like yeah, you know, I had a fire. I had a type four in California that was pretty complex. You know, like had a transition from a three to a four that was pretty complex just outside of Butte with a lot of structures. Yeah, you know, a thousand plus acres. You know, like pretty good sized fire. Yeah. And that was you one never know up. who's going to be in that committee and be. Uh, poo poo it you know yeah, and i a, there was there were some folks on the payette i guess you know that 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 had a, a tendency to kind of do that of really really dig into it you know see and that's the horror stories that i think freaked me out and a lot of folks even though i've never had it i don't even know anyone who's, who's really been turned down for red card committee i don't think yeah i mean when i you was know? when i was on that ohio burn mod you know we had like we hosted it so there were three people from trapper but then we brought in a fuels tech from uh, the Uinta Wasatch Cache. Oh, so they're in, in northern name. in northern Utah. Yeah. And then an AFMO from uh, Blackwell Job Corps in Wisconsin. And then this biologist that he happened to know that was red card. And he was telling me about how the red card committee had like turned down his task book. He has nine signatures. Oh, man. And I, I don't think I got too much into the weeds with it yeah i wonder if you upset somebody yeah they were saying oh you know you don't have a a 20 person hand crew assignment which Mm -hmm. i feel like you should have for fft1 yeah and it was like and you didn't go you didn't go out of region or something like that yeah like you know you never you never left the forest or or something like that and so we finally got on a a crew that went to california so 20 person crew out of region and now he's just holding on to his task book <laughs> to kind of like stick it to the man of like, oh, I know it'll go through now with 10 signatures or yeah. nine signatures, whatever he's got. But that's that's really like the only horror story. You yeah. Know, and that one you can kind of understand both sides of that one. I mean, more on the on the red card committee because like, they, you know, those are kind of just like, like you said, boxes to be checked, you know, like yeah. the out, of, out of forest, you know, hopefully out of region if you can, you yeah. know, and the 20 person crew, yeah. you know. And hopefully it's more than just you know, whenever you're doing FFT one stuff, you know, hopefully it's more than just, Oh, one day or two days on this assignment, one day here, three days here. And you spend a week as an FFT one and you're signed off. It's yeah. like with a week, like, are you really, are you really prepared for it? And I mean, that's why you, you see a lot. I don't know. I don't really know if uh, the Bitterroot ran things this way, but there's a lot of other places I've worked where you can do FFT1, you know, as uh, on an engine mod. Oh, really? And so I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence about it. Yeah. Because uh, on the BBRD, at least from my memory, it was, no, you don't yeah. need an FFT1 trainee. Like there's only four of you on this engine. Yeah. The engine boss and the engine boss trainee are going to go get briefed and and do all this stuff like what is the trainee going to tell the group what they're going to do and then the 
FFT one trainee just turns to the one other guy and he's like, <laughs> "That's below him." Hey, let's let's or go her. get some let's go get some lunches or some water, and you get a signature for it. So yeah, that, that's why I'm kind of a, a big fan of like, hey, if you if you want to do some FFT one stuff, if you are on an engine, maybe help out with the demo play lookout something like that. But yeah. I feel like the meat and potatoes of it, the bulk of it, needs to be like on a crew or at least a 10 person module, something like that. Yeah, I totally agree, man. And just like in that experience of like of um, leadership with, you know, guiding and, and teaching too, as an FFT one, you know, like most of the time you should hopefully have, uh, you know, first and second year folks underneath you that don't really know a whole lot. And then, yeah. you know, that's a lot of, a lot of teachable moments that, yeah. that hopefully you can, you can fill in the gaps. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure you've seen this in your career. You know, some folks, are hard and fast about this. Oh, it's their second year. They've got to get an FFT one task book. Yeah. I'm like, really? It's a second year in fire. And they've been out on one assignment. There was a severity role where they got no wildfire experience. Yeah. And you're telling me these people are ready to potentially take, take a squad of four or five people and know, know how to execute the mission, regardless of how clear, like the leader's intent is what the objectives are. Yeah. Like, you're telling me that these guys know exactly what we're looking for to make it bomb proof. Yeah. Well, especially too, like you said, if you get split off into like two big squads, right. Mm -hmm. And like you go to, I see some, you guys probably do it in Trapper Creek is like, you know, like great Northern, we do it too. Cause the buggies, like we go to a fire and if it was kind of like getting wrapped up, there's like, well, you know, make sure you have an, I, an IA mod or two, you know, where you can split up the squads because there's like, I think there's a lightning storm coming through. So like, just in case we need, you know, we could send two buggies out and have an IC5 and a squatty, you know, like mm -hmm. probably the same person, you know, go, go attack this fire and know what they're doing. And you can trust that whole buggy is going to be safe, you yeah. know, in that person's, yep. you know, guy or gal, whoever's leading them in that person's uh, care. You yeah. Know? And that's kind of like the, the vision, you know, uh, Justin Abbey and uh, Danny Atkinson had yeah. for, the uh, the Trapper Crick uh, Advanced Fire Program that I'm a part of yeah. is to be a Type Two IA instead of we kind of toyed with the ideas of getting buggies, but then we were thinking, well, if if we can, we want the organization set up to where we have four trucks, you know, maybe a bonus truck, five something like that, yeah. but where we can each truck has four people that'll have an IC five, an FFT one, you know, and a B Sawyer in there and we can break off and go, you know, potentially go, go IA four different starts with our crew and yeah. break off that way. And you can kind of see it. I, I guess I haven't seen it yet from my short tour. I've been on the bitter route, but yeah, that's kind of the vision is, okay, we have a truck. Hey, West Fork's popping a bunch of fires. Um, Delta squad, you guys are going to go and take a truck up there and yeah. know that if there is another start on the West Fork, that that four or five person mods, FFT one, IC five, and they got a B Sawyer on there. Yeah, dude, a hundred percent. Like, yeah. and that would be, I think, really valuable, especially in the Bitterroot, because um, just it seems like just about like the fuel types and the moisture that we have. Like, we can get a lighting bust, and they, and like you, you kind of mentioned earlier, you'll have a little bit of that more of the smolder time before it might go big, yep. even in like August. And I think the last big one that was like that, I think, it was in August where. Um, you know, a storm just came and just spit out a few bolts and most of them caught and they're little and we were able to, you know, get them all rounded up in the day. But, um, you know, everyone's running around all over and like, you know, Trapper, like you said, Trapper could go out there and just like shoot out those trucks and, you know, like punky log, you know, single tree, whatever it might be, mm -hmm. you know, and then 
yeah, if it's that case, you know, you have, and then if you have a bigger fire or something, you know, that might be growing a little bit and you might be able to suck that one other truck who's only got the punky log, you know, like, Hey, you guys got that? Or mm-hmm. we could use you over here, yep. you know, and then link up forces and man, I mean, that sounds like a really good plan to me. Yeah. You so know? be able to benefit the forest, you know, by supplying these, whatever you need. Do you need three squads? So like three trucks, do you need 15 folks? Yeah. Do you need just one squad of, of four or five folks? Yeah. Or like you said, if something went big, okay, we're all going to reconvene and we're a 20 person type two IA crew now, Yep. you know, and have that, that, that structure of, okay, we got, you know, the crew boss, the assistant, two squaddies, two senior firefighters, uh, two, uh, seasonals, and then the rest are, are advanced fire students, you know, to, yeah. to get that fire experience, to qualify them for those entry level seasonal or even permanent permanent jobs so. yeah man god yeah i like it a lot dude that trapper creek's a good program man i think the job corps in general man it's just such a good thing and especially you know back to the college thing it's getting so expensive these days man yeah. i think it's a great option yeah. you know until you until you figure out really what you want to do with yourself man at least you know maybe maybe you know guy or gal want to go be fire maybe that's you know all of a sudden they like find their their niche but i think it happens a lot at least you know in my experience in the forest service you know you end up getting a little taste for fire or or maybe you're like wow oh, man I, I like most of this job but It'd be nice to go do maybe something on the fuel side or whatever yeah. you might end up doing, you know, mm-hmm. in weeds, you know, like something, something else or yeah. civic culture, you yeah. know, like but, I didn't finish college. You know, I, I went to school for six years. I was like, man, I cannot figure out what I want to do with my life. I've been in school for like six years, yeah. switched majors four or five times. And, you know, talking with uh, Shane Benson, yeah. he was like, man, you're so close to to qualify for a perm. He's like, you qualify for perms right now with your time and grade, your quals, you don't, you know, they, they got rid of like the 401 series oh, yeah. and stuff like that. He's just like, you can hop into a perm right now. And folks who are going to school, you know, for forestry degrees, you would, you would still probably, probably outcompete them just based on your, your, your fire experience. Yeah, and so at that point I was like, that. okay. Yeah. And from that point on was, Okay, for, forest forestry, you know, working for the Forest Service in fire was was my career. Totally, man. And even if like you know, if if school was free, even like you're still that's you know, like you're going to school, you spend all that time not working towards a career. So I mean, you know, the Forest Service or any you know wildland kind of en- entity like that, it's like, well, you know, you spend a few years, you're like man, at least I could be like working towards a career in fire, you know, like, and I seem to really like this, and it seems like. With most people, the more you do it, the more you're like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I, I feel like it's just because you're starting to, like, wrap your mind around things, you know? Like, your first year, you're just like, what in the hell is going yeah. on? How like, do we stop this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Something's running through the timber, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then, you know, then the more time you, you spend in it, and I'm sure it's that way, you know, in any field you go into. Oh, but, for but sure. you start, you know, wrapping your mind around what's going on, you know, and you're like, okay. I'm starting to put the pieces together now. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I, I, and I, you know, I felt that in the structure world too a little bit too. You know, like, you know, something's on fire. I go, I'm going inside this building. You know, like where the fire is, and it mm-hmm. can burn everything around me. And yeah, you know, that that took a little bit to wrap my brain around too. You yeah, know? I mean, we have that conversation all the time at work. I mean, Catherine, you know, my old lady, like yeah. she did fire as well. Oh yeah, and so she had said the same thing about first year. You know, everything is just you know, mass chaos. Like, I don't know what's going on here. And then second, third year, fourth year, you really start, you know, putting it together and 
figuring out, okay, totally. it's not as, as chaotic as you think. It's like bringing, bringing order to the chaos. Yeah, exactly. And figuring out the processes. And yeah. Also the like guard school, man, which they do it for a reason. And I, and I don't want them to change this, but they hammer me with all the like lessons learned, yeah. worst case scenarios, you yeah. know, tragedy fires. Yep. And you're like, so I'm going out there and this beast is just trying to get me the whole time, <laughs> you know, like, and then you realize <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you know, there's all these like the 10, 18, you know, all these safety measures that you do and have look, post lookouts and all the stuff we do to, to make sure everybody's safe. And you're like, all right, that makes sense now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and stuff still happens, which is the scary part. Yeah. But, you that's know. the thing, man. Like that's, that's why it's a, a hazardous job, you know, like you can try and mitigate all you want to, but I mean, the fact of the matter is we're boots on the ground and yeah, nature does yeah. what it wants yeah, sometimes. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, shit happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Like, yeah, there's so many stories, you know, uh, tree strikes or yep. whatever, you know, like yep. that stuff that's just like, man, I mean, just comes out of nowhere and, and it happens to people who are pretty seasoned too sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah, d- yeah, it do- doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah, that could be a scary part there, man. Um, God, what else? We, I actually got a little cheat sheet that I wrote down. There you go. I feel like I'm passing a note just to make sure we got everything covered. Yeah. Here. Uh, I mean, we could do other podcasts too, because um, I think after editing, this will probably be close to an hour and a half. But you tell me, you're the boss, man. Dude, I don't, man. I mean, you got food and stuff we're waiting for you, don't you? No. Oh well. I mean, kind of, but I was like, hey, don't, don't wait I'll, on me, man. Like, I'll keep you from anything. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was like, I'll, I'll get a hold of you. If, if you're like, yeah, we're done, it's over with, right, sweet, no big deal. I'll, no. I'll take care of it. I got a shitload of leftovers in the fridge. Yeah, I'm good, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping my, my old lady's cooking for me. Yeah. Hopefully right now. I don't know. Might have to go back and cook for her. I don't know. It depends on, it depends on what's going on. I might even yeah. have the nephews right now. But uh, yeah, I guess, man, I mean, I want to keep talking to you. So we covered a lot of job course stuff. I'm going to talk to you a bunch about that. Trapper Creek. I know we can cover more. But um, I also want to sit down with Justin Abbey. I talked to him last year. And, yeah. And uh, you know, talk, to, talk to him and, and just get that other layer that's even, like, above us. I mean, we've yeah. been in fire a long time, but that dude's, like, way, you yeah. know, like, I, I think at least he's yeah. way above us. That dude. Different aspect, you know? That dude does not sleep. I mean, he constantly, you know, is is scheming. I mean, the guy's just full of a t- He's full of knowledge. Oh, dude. And, I mean, he he's smart. Like, he's always finding a way to make things to make things work oh and the you way know, like with no students out at, out at trapper last year he's yeah. like well how are we gonna get out on fires and you know he's he's already scheming this stuff at before like i'm pretty sure before students even left Dude. i was like okay we're gonna get uh we're gonna pull together a team rubicon we're gonna have a type three team based out of trapper we're gonna be recruiting these team rubicon members i'm gonna have guys who's in charge of finance in charge of logistics getting them out from all over the country to fly into missoula like putting all this together, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, he's he's got a big brain, man. Yeah, and and uh, and he's got that rare trait too, which I think a lot of our mentors had too. Though it's like brains, um, and also a teacher, you know, and oh, absolutely um, compassionate, yeah. you know, for like doesn't matter your GS level. Like he didn't know me from anybody, and I walked in probably looking like death last year because I had that tumor. So I was like, where, uh, where was this? Where, where? Well, this was in Stevensville. He was, I think, he was DOing for us in um, last year. Yeah, I think he came over. Oh, and he was talking to Kyler about something. I thought he might oh, have okay. DO'd once or twice. But yeah, so Abby was in Stevensville a few days, and uh, I was talking to somebody about the podcast, and he, he 
and I introduced myself to Abby and I was like, Hey man, you know, heard a little bit about him from Kyler. And I was like, man, you know, like, uh, I like to, you know, talk to him one of these days and I'm also putting a podcast together. If you ever want to get down on that. And yeah, I said it in a little better word than that. Like if you ever want to be on there, <laughs> you want to get down on the, you want to get down the podcast, man. Yeah. I got this. <laughs> oh, he, he would, he would have loved it. I should have said it like that. Yeah. I'm trying to be all professional. So, but yeah, he's like, I mean, he was in the middle of something. They were setting up a meeting with Kyler to talk to somebody through the job core. You know, he had to do like his, his, um, He's uh, such a good salesman too. Yeah. Like when he called me about the job, I mean Prevention. That's where we're college doing prevention stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Such a good salesman. To- really good at selling the program, which I think is why it's so successful. Yeah. As him really being able to, you know, paint a very clear picture for a lot of folks who are I'm not sure about if we want to yeah, go we job core route, if we want to bring on students or whatever, if we want to yeah. bring on folks to burn. Very good salesman. I mean, it's, you know, it, almost 8.30 right now. I guarantee you he's still on the phone in a meeting scheming something. Oh, dude. I get, and like, I get like juice, like energy off people like that, dude, who are just like going, man. I'm yeah. like, oh, do you like Brendan Mullen? Remember from yeah. you? Yeah. Every yeah. time I'm around Mullen or every time I get on the phone with him, man, I'm just jazzed. Yeah. Like, dude, yeah. I, was, I was going in to get surgery. I just got done talking to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation, which a huge thank you to them and everybody else. Yeah, who, absolutely. Who uh, helped me out, man. It was amazing, you know, like, um, which I'll probably bring up in every podcast I ever do, man. Oh, yeah, you should. Yeah, like Benji set up the GoFundMe, go fund me, and like all these people helped out and just like friends and family that helped out. I never out. saw this shit. Well, I was keeping on the download because I felt bad about it. I didn't want, ah. anyone, I didn't want anyone's money. So like some, some people found out through Facebook, but um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to tell anybody. I don't want to make a big deal of it. And yeah. it turned out it was kind of a big deal because uh, I had to go to Mayo Clinic for it. But yeah. 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 I don't know. I guess we could talk about that, I guess. <laughs> Well, if you got a minute, so I had to go to Mayo Clinic for a tumor, and yeah. uh, so like I was, I was kind of on light duty. Um, so last last season was kind of just a wash for me, man. I just super lucky I got on with Stevensville and everyone from uh, Steve Brown, the uh, Ranger. Have you met Steve? No, super nice. I, guy, I've man. met Warren, and I, I know Benji. Yeah, from yeah, nine, he worked for from Benji. Nine Mile. Yeah, yep. yeah. So and that's about it. I haven't met Rebecca Fry. Yeah, she she just left. She took a new position. Oh, I met uh, Seth Avery. Seth Avery's the man. Yep. Yeah, he was in Peabird for a hot minute. Yep, yep. And I we were two ships passing. You know, I think it, as he was coming night. in, I, I was coming out. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. I think the saying is right: two ships passing in the night. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Makes it sound more romantic, and yeah. I'll have Seth Avery on here, so they'll, they'll uh, you know, get to hopefully feel what I'm talking about. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's got to get Seth on one dude. of these things. I feel like, yeah, I was gonna talk to him uh, hopefully this weekend. Were you? Yeah, if I, if I can get it going, because I, I want to get a bunch of these down. So that's like, like we, I think we start off really good, but we've man, we've been friends forever, man. I mean, yeah, like 12, yeah. thirteen years, fourteen years almost. Yeah, you know, yeah like, dude. Probably fourteen years because yeah. I got over, to pay over a decade, man, going strong. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for being on this again, man. I really oh, yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Thanks, thanks for having me, man. This is this yeah. has been awesome. I, I love what you're doing, man. Like I told you yesterday, when we were on the phone talking about it, or two days ago, whenever it was. Like, yeah, yeah. totally on board with it. Whatever I can do, man, to help to help support this. You know, I told the guys at work. That'd be you know, great, dude. I'd love to be here doing on. this. Like, I, I love that you're gonna try and get like CJ on here, yeah. Justin Abbey. Like, yep. I, I love it. Yeah. I want to get all, yeah, everybody, dude, I'll talk to anybody first year, whatever, man, just get, get different point of views and get people, you know, like 
excited about this. I feel like people don't go to outside anymore. And that was like one of the big reasons why I want to start it. It's like, hey, man, there's opportunities out there that I didn't really know about. I mean, I kind of knew like because small town, right? Like one yep. of the only places to work is the Forest Service. Yep, exactly. You know, so it's like I was flipping burgers at A&W until I could. Because you, didn't you have to be 18 to work for the Forest Service? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So until I was old enough and then, bam, you know, like that's that's where I was trying to go. Yep. And so Gary Lambert, you're talking small town, you know, yeah. Gary Lambert would come to all of our football games there in Peaburg, you know, town oh, of 800 yeah. people, eight man football. Oh, yeah. The and best. so he basically he recruited me basically out of out of high school. Oh, I was really? Like, hey, what are you doing for a summer job? Yeah. Like, Man, I don't even know what I want to do for dinner tonight, let alone what I'm going to do for a summer job here. And, you know, a little a little under a year. Yeah. So he's like, hey, you know come work for the forest service. And so he gave me all the info, you know, on that a view, I think is what it was, you know, to apply. And then I'm in college and he calls me back and he's like, you're not 18. (laughs) Oh yeah. I forgot you were young. Yeah. I was like, no, he's like, yeah, you gotta be 18 to work for the, for the feds. He's like, when do you turn 18? I'm like August 22nd. So I was, I was a freshman on campus (laughs) yeah. <laughs> at 17 oh jail bait you were <laughs> <laughs> yeah dangerous you were yeah. a dangerous man on campus <laughs> yeah. and so i i had to wait you know the next year he's like hey i'm gonna call you you know a year from now probably before then and make sure like we're gonna get you next year and so he did he's like give That's me a awesome. call whenever you come come back home whether it's to bow hunt see the family whatever yeah and so yeah he basically re- recruited me that's huge man yeah yeah cause I, and i remember being so popular in whitehall and butte that it was it, it was it's hard it's the best paying job in yeah. in these small towns man it's yeah. like okay i can work at on, on a ranch somewhere making you know minimum wage at the time Fix was fence. was like 850 an hour or something yeah. or it's hey go work for the forest service get on fire Oh my God, I'm making ten dollars an hour, but you got hazard pay and overtime. You get your first check. And I was gonna say like, that first fire I am, check. I am Oprah rich, right? Oh, right. Now, yeah, man. Like that first fire check. I was like, what am I buying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like that. Yeah, that was that, that was the best gig. Oh, you know, yes, in, in totally. a lot of these small towns. Yeah, and there was. So yeah, so I actually didn't, wasn't able to get on it right away because there was only one, one position open, and, and Simon's had had that one kind of locked down. Mm-hmm. Kyle Simon's, you know, so like. But he, he was also like, he was awesome about it though. Like he was already like had his foot in the door cause he talked to him before I did and he knew, uh, Schmidt and Sampson really good. Yeah. So, um, but I had talked to Sampson as well, like not too long after, uh, Simon's cause me and Simon's had talked about it a bunch too. So I think year or two I did construction, wasn't just doing it to pay the, the bills. You know, yeah. nothing excited me about construction, you know, heavy yeah. equipment and stuff. And yeah. so then, uh, finally, I think, I think it was actually like Samson. Well, Bronson actually told me to, you know, to do it. Cause Bronson had just gotten on the year before. Mm-hmm. Did he start with you? Did you go to guard school with you? Well, so whenever I first got on with the forest service, you know, I didn't realize how big of a commitment it was. Yeah. And so I come on, you know, like I said, I show up late mm-hmm. my first day, first and only time I've ever been late. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, my parents and I, you know, we're going to go hike the Grand Canyon. Oh, really? <laughs> so I went on vacation. When during guard school? <laughs> during guard school. <laughs> and I oh. come back. So I had guard school in Bozeman. Oh, gotcha. Because was like, oh, we're, we're done with guard school. So yeah. I, I, I drove clear down to Bozeman for guard school. Oh, gotcha, man. Yeah, that makes sense. But then you got to go the next year because you got to come help. Yep. You had, yeah, you got you brought the uh, Peberg engine. We were showing yep. us all. Yeah, because it was like, like two or three years in a row. Yeah, because it, it was a newer. Remember, because it was like those BB... 
fifty-twos or whatever the, the BB four pump BB4, packages. Yeah, yeah, BB four packages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then we got like the Starship thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're all that way now. It was like, dude, then oh like God, all the LED lights. Operate this I was like, thing. what is it? Yeah, it's just like glowing. <laughs> yeah. And you're yeah. like, holy cow! I remember going to uh, uh, Butte where Jason Willoughby yeah. had one of the newer. Engines, you know, oh, the with Boise like Mobile, the one. electronic panel and everything, and yeah, we all and you just, couldn't see anything. Yeah, we all just show up there, like, oh my god, what are we looking at? Oh, you know, dude. all these lights. You know, like, yeah. what is this thing? That's your water gauge. Oh, oh wow. cool! Yeah. It shows you how much water. I don't have to climb up, pull this cap off this thing, and look down <laughs> in the hole. Yeah, yeah, because even on those old uh, BB. 40, what are they? BB4s. BB4s. Like, they had the window, but you couldn't see. It was always dirty. Oh, yeah, you, you couldn't, couldn't see shit. You couldn't yeah. tell. You're like, I think we got some in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, uh, yeah, that Boise Mobile uh, engine, uh, man, that thing was wild, dude. And we took that on some fire sirens. It was like the first crew cab one I'd ever seen, remember? Yeah. And I was like, dude, this is this is living. Mm-hmm. Turns out that thing was kind of a rough package because it was eating tires like crazy. Because mm-hmm. it, like, it just didn't have the right suspension. So, like, it would just, like a wave down the highway and just eat those outside dual tires mm-hmm. and uh we yeah we blew one off you know going going down oh, southwest yeah. somewhere oh yeah <laughs> yeah which i mean happens in all type sixes pretty much it seems like but mm-hmm. that boise just had a little more wiggle but yeah it was every year though when i came back to the boise because you know anyone who might be listening to this or who has worked with any kind of pumps usually you're kind of following they got your inlet you know and then you got your outlet but <laughs> with that boise mobiles you remember everything's covered. So yeah. You're like you just pull these levers mm-hmm. and you're like, and I mean, there was like some writing on them, but you're still like, yeah, you're I, like I think this works. I'm hoping this works. Yeah. Exactly. Research. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hope I'm researching. Cause you're yeah. like, I don't, I don't or want to just be, up. or just be numbered. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. Maybe. Yeah. It was so confusing. So like every summer, even though I had some time with it, I still had to go and play with it a lot, mm-hmm. you know, during our refresher. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, ah, cause even the new, the newer ones, I don't even know what to call it, just regular type six now. You can follow, you know, like you just, yeah. Oh, all right. So this yeah, goes back yeah. At least they show you the access, you know, and you're able to kind of track it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the draft hose here, yeah. you know. And that was one of the cool experiences whenever I was on the Payette was going to the Great Basin Engine Academy. Oh, dude. And so, you know, at first I was really hesitant about it. I'm like, man, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't qualify for a raise, you know. It's, it's not going to make me stick out on any other applications I do, why am I going to waste my time missing out on the overtime of burning to go do this for two weeks? But I was basically forced to go do it. But looking back on it now, I'm so thankful for it because you go down there for two weeks, you know, it's like a fire assignment. Basically, you don't have weekends off or anything. Oh, really? And there might have been one day. I think we had one day off in that 14 days. To digest all the info. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you were getting overtime like we were doing 12s, you know, so four hours overtime. But I mean, it's just straight classroom engine shit from friction loss, maintenance things, troubleshooting. You're playing with type sixes, type fours, type threes, memorizing valves. foot valves and everything huh? yeah how, how everything is done you have to you're getting tested on the order that you're doing things and you're oh. having to verbalize it and so dude yeah at the end of it coming home it's just like i know a shitload about engines right now yeah and, and i and i still like have that knowledge we just got that brand new type six engine at trapper now oh you guys have an engine oh yeah how long have you guys have you guys always had an engine no uh, oh. Kind of. We had one on loan from the Lolo that I think kind of like was forgotten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the old BB4 packages, like to prime it, you yeah, know, you're pulling oh, yeah. the handle and oh, shit. Dude. No, yeah. this this is brand new. I've never even been in it. Oh, really? It's so new. Nice, shiny. But it's like, I know 
so much about about these engines now, or at least I, I feel I do. I hope I've retained some of the information with that oh, yeah. engine academy. Man, I can't like I would recommend that for anybody who's like trying to stick it out in the engine world because you do come back home with a lot of knowledge. Oh, I bet about about engines and yeah, and that troubleshooting stuff too. Because like um, you know, people who might be listening to this too, like if you get on a fire assignment and you can't fix your engine, you're gone. Yeah, you know, like yep. they, they they usually have that mechanic fellow who you know checks does your rig checks when you come in and mm-hmm. maybe some simple fixes he can help you out if you just need tires, like basic stuff. But like. And I, well, I guess even that Boise Mobile, we had a turbo replaced on the line. It, it ate a turbo on us, mm-hmm. and uh, we were able to get back to work. But like the fix for that is you have to drive with the tow haul on. Oh yeah, hey, I did not know that. Hey, the more you know. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's big information, man. See, that'd be nice because yeah. we didn't we wouldn't have to leave it on the line, which was actually on the Wallow Fire, like that you had talked about earlier, mm-hmm. and uh, we were on the heel of it. But uh, yeah, so we just sat on the engine all day until I got fixed. But then the next thing that happened on the same assignment, we went to a different fire. I can't remember the name. That was smaller. It was just south of Durango, but I think it was still in New Mexico, um, just you know, just under Colorado. Mm-hmm. But um, it, those Boise Mobiles had an internal <clears throat> internal foot valve, and that's why I brought it up when you're talking because it was stuck shut. So oh, we yeah. could fill the engine, but then we couldn't get any water out of the out of the tank. Mm-hmm. So like we had a full tank, but we couldn't do anything with it. And then they demobbed us because there's no way to fix it. Yeah. And like that's where like those BB fours was really sorely missed because you could replace the whole pump yep. if you needed to. You yep. know. Yeah. Because yeah. it even had handles, so you could take the thing off. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where's the Mark Three? Damn, <laughs> putting that son of a bitch on there. Yeah, exactly. We'll get through this assignment. Yep. You know, and like, and what people probably don't really understand is that like that's money lost, especially on a seasonal firefighter like myself who's a oh student. Oh my god, yeah. Like that's you know that that could be hundreds of dollars that yep. you know. We're gonna float me through the through the uh, school year, you mm-hmm. know. So, and then you're gonna send it in, and it could be fixed in a couple days or something. But you've already missed out on that fire assignment. You yeah, know, you're at the bottom of the rotation list, or however it works, you know. Oh, it's totally. Just like, Damn. And then that one was on even that. a bigger deal because I think we had one of the we only had three uh, engines for the district, and you know, you at least I think you at least need to have one. Yeah, if not, they want all, two. You know, because I think they usually want like during fire season. You know, like, when things are getting more extreme, and there's probably. You know, when you're at a PLO, whatever, you know, like a PLO 4. Yeah, maybe PLO like, 4, the mandatory minimum staffing is, yeah, exactly. you know, two type 6s and a five-person IA mod or something yeah, yeah, like that. Exactly. PLO 5 is like everyone's Ev- home. Everyone stays, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Batting down the hatches, we're all here, yep. you know, get comfortable. And, uh, and I think that's what the issue, too, is when we came back, it's a PLO 4 or something, and they wanted two uh, engines always on the district. So, like... There was assignments, but we couldn't take them because that Boise Mobile engine was down for a while. I'm not trying to bad wrap them. It's just that's how, that's the way it was. Yeah. You know, and, and so that thing was down for a couple of weeks getting that foot valve fixed. You had to take the whole thing apart to get at the foot valve, I guess. Mm, yeah. I'm talking way out of my league here, but that's from what the mechanic told us. So, I mean, we had like a week or two of no one leaving the district, at least as an engine, because we had to keep two, you mm-hmm. know. And that's, what, and, that, and that's exactly what it was, especially with Butte Jeff, two districts, you know, our two stations on one district. You know, they had a staff, so they, we'd give them one of the Whitehall engines, and then the other Whitehall engine stayed in Whitehall so that we'd have coverage, yep. you know? So, yeah, there's no way one was going to leave at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. So, just stuff to learn, and like you said, if you got the pump school, you know, like... Yeah. I don't think we could have fixed that one in-house, but, like, in something like that, you know, like, it might be a possibility to fix no, that, that Yeah, that's the know? thing, but it's like, if, the, if, you know, let's say you're having an issue with the primer or you need to freeze protect it. You're, you know, let's say you go to an, uh, on an engine assignment in Montana in September, October. And it's like, Hey, temperatures are going to dip below freezing at night. Like, how are you going to keep everything from, you know, the pipes freezing and busting? 
Yeah. You know, stuff like that. I mean, we even had the regional fleet guy come in and talk about, you know, policy and just all, I can't just, I, I can't tell you how much information you're just overloaded with. Dude, I bet, yeah, yeah, but it, it, it's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a good thing to know, especially like in our world, even if you're not planning on being an engine too long or whatever your path may be, mm-hmm. you know, we're always using pumps, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. everybody uses yeah, pumps, you know, the cold shit on the hot shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. So, um, and then, uh, I guess what I wanted to talk to you too was, uh, what, uh, I guess what's your career path going from here? So right now, you know, um, I've been in this, this is my, this is my second year at this position as, you know, the foreman. Yeah. So I guess like the next logical step for me would be an AFMO position. Yeah. You know, but, thinking, but like I, I'm at the point now, you know, my family's happy where we're at. I'm happy where I'm at. Like, I really feel like I, we've got a family, you know, out there at Trapper. I, I love what they're all about. So I'm in no rush to go anywhere. And I'm a big believer too of, Hey, be proficient and competent in your job you know, before you go looking to move on and move up, don't see how fast you can climb, you know, yeah, like yeah. take, take the time to be good in the position you're in, enjoy the position you're in and just let the chips fall where they may. So yeah, I guess the next logical step, yeah, would be an AFMO, AFMO nice. but I mean, I, I'm in no rush, yeah. you know, and still need some quals, you know, depending on, you know, the complexity of the forest, you know, the minimum quals you'll need for, for that position. Yeah. But yeah, right well, now, like I'm, I'm totally set and happy where I'm at. Definitely, I man. could see myself doing this, you know, for at least, at least I'd say three, maybe even five seasons. Yeah, totally. Like you said, and that's, and uh, to tag on what you said there too, is like, you know, you really, you are comfortable in your position right now and you've got some good quals, but you get more quals, you get more experience. And then if you stay at Trapper Creek and get an AFMO position there, then whoever backfills you, it's like, man, you are giving them such a good opportunity because all the stuff that you learned in your time there, you know, you're like, all right, man, this is what I got. And plus you might even be definitely qualified for the AFMO position, if not overqualified. So you'll be super comfortable there too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's not going to be like stressful. Yeah. You know? And that's what I heard, you know, from Justin Abbey yeah. was like, Hey, you know, with all the, all the shit we have to manage out here doing AD stuff, you know, with w- regarding students, uh, WBL sending students, you know, off to districts. How are we going to feed them? Uh, just management alone. He's like, by the time you guys leave here and if you guys do choose to go back to a district, you guys are going to be more than prepared to to deal with with, with your guys' next steps based yeah. on all the stuff you guys have to deal with right now. Yeah, totally. And man. so I can kind of see it. But like I said, it's still pretty early like i don't even have students on underneath me right now to really get the full scope yeah the scope of it so yeah totally man i mean i'm like i said i'm still fairly new to this position like it's a supervisory position so like this is the start of my second season as a supervisor where you're having to do you know a lot of the stuff i wish i had more exposure to before was like okay hey i i get the field stuff operation stuff but like the administrative side of things, That's what the paperwork stuff, you know, or all of our ducks in a row, like trying to make sure that stuff is really dialed to make sure that we're able to run as smooth as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, they mentioned that in, our, in that ICS 300 we took, right. That like, we're 
we're operationally we're sound you know yeah, like s330 yeah oh yeah it was 330 mm-hmm. what was a ics whatever the i guess task force is yeah s330 right? s3 yeah yeah um so you know, yeah like they said like you know um tactically we're, we're sound you know operationally we're sound like and even mentorship in that way but then taking your taking care of your folks more in the um like I said the paperwork realm the uh yeah uh uh, what do you call it? The uh, like the onboarding, um, the administrative, administrative. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was looking for. The administrative, because like you know, making sure that like your folks get injured, even if it's something small, like uh, fill out that CA one. You yeah. know, just to make sure that you yeah. have a, a paper trail. So if you do have to go get this checked out in the future, mm-hmm. it's like you have it documented. Like, oh, I was on this fire, stumbled here. Yep. You know, thought I just bruised my knee. Might yep. be something worse. That you know? goes back to like my first supervisors there on the Pintler district is like document 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 yeah it's and huge. it's just like yeah that that's a huge thing that i've that i've carried with me and i totally now that i'm in this position i totally understand the importance of being able to keep track of all this shit yeah totally man letting people know like you know like even the sf 50s like you don't they're not as important now but you know like just in case you ever need to like back up anything you know yeah. like make sure you have your master record up to date and mm-hmm. your tr- certificates for classes all the stuff you know like and make sure you have your own paper trail and then uh, and just taking care of people that way administratively is like the the problem I think a lot of us run into, including myself. When I'm whenever I get there, hopefully someday, you know, unless unless this does well, then maybe I'll do this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. But, the good Lord's willing and the cricks don't rise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where I'm at right now, man. Oh, amen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. And uh, I think too, like to wrap this up a little bit, man. I just talk about like how how good fire is too, man. And like, I mean, we, we touched on it, like when you're a student, man, there's no better, at least in my eyes, there's no better position than being in wildland fire. I don't care who you work for. I think it's BLM state contract, you know, private, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I think you're, you're in good shape, you know, like, and even the contract role, if you end up on the engine, you're probably going to make more than, than an agency if it's a good year, Yeah. you know, but the nice thing about agency is if it's a slow year, you're still getting an awesome experience, you know, like, mm-hmm. especially on the BBRD, like we, that's what I was going to mention. When we first started, man, whew. Fire was was something you heard about. You're like, <laughs> yeah. what's it like out there? You know, something <laughs> yeah. off of, so what news from the front? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something back from a fire. Like, what? What'd you see? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, was it hot? You know, like yeah. stupid questions. You're like, I don't know what it's like, man. I've been cutting trees. I yeah. You know, but you got so good at it, like sawing, man. Like I, I had minimal saw experience just from like, like you said, ranch work and stuff. Like cutting no. fest, fence posts, shrubs. You know, like and and my dad was uh, worked for a tree service back in the day, so he still had a bunch of saws, but. His saws were so old, they didn't have chain breaks on them. Yeah. You know, like, like it was like holding uh, a, just a brick of metal of like lead, you yeah. know, like and it's a small and, saw and, with no yeah. power, you know, yeah. like this is what I've been using, you know. Yeah. And now you've got this giant piece of machinery now. Yeah. I mean, one of the things, yeah, that, you know, I love about this job, you know, you and I both played, you know, college sports. Yeah. And so I see a lot of parallels with fire as being a part of a, a team, yeah. you know, an, an athletic team. Yeah, I agree. You know, man. and so building, you know, building that brotherhood, that bond, you know, with your crew, you know, that crew cohesion. I just see so many parallels when it comes to like football or basketball. Dude. You yeah. know, and then, you know, just the people you meet as well. Like you meet some really cool people. Like you never know who you're going to meet. You know, like we were talking earlier about, Every person you meet could potentially be a hiring manager. Yeah. You know, meet some cool people, some some people you might want to work for, meet some people that you're like, hey, I want you to come work for me. Yeah. I mean, and you think about like our travels, man. I mean, I say this all the time. 
how many places I, I like there's so many cool places Dude. I've been that I would never, never have ever been to known of thought of going exactly yeah. without doing this job. Dude, 100%. you know, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I've, I've, I have fought fire in every single state from Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, West, including Alaska, but then also have, you know, Missouri, North Carolina, Illinois, Michigan. Like there's so many places in all of those states that I've been to. That's like so cool. Like yeah. so many, so many awesome pictures, memories yeah. that would not have happened had it not been for this job. Dude, a hundred percent, man. I totally agree. Like, uh, there's a, and I, dude, I'm going to butcher this name, but it's really cool. Wilderness is like McCall knee or McCall me, uh, wilderness, Northern, uh, California, not too far from Tahoe in like this little corner of the world, man, just like super beautiful, really unknown because like, you know, in California, you got, you got the highlights, man. You got Yosemite, you yep. know, huge, you know, you got the redwoods, yep. you know, like to go check out and then Napa Valley too, which is yep. beautiful in itself, yep. you know, wine country, man, yep. you know, absolutely. And then this little wilderness that was like one of the coolest places I had ever been, man. Yep. Like we were camping on the edge of this Canyon. And I was like, geez, man, this is gorgeous. Yeah. The plate, the places, you know, this job has taken us. I mean, yeah. and the relationships, like, I mean, yeah. you and I, Oh, totally. You know, like I still stay in touch with people from 15 years ago. You yeah. know, if I'm in their neck of the woods, like, hey man, you around? Let's go grab a beer. Yeah, like and it, yeah, like I said, me and you, like we're you know, I don't even know what the gap would it had been between last summer when we ran into each other, and uh, actually got to apologize because I knew I was in bad shape at that point, but I didn't want to. I don't like to tell bad news, you know. So like, yeah. even though I was in bad yeah, shape, I, I didn't want to say anything because yeah. like, like, man, yeah, I'm just I just shit my you. pants, Craig. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, so, Craig. Uh, I'm wearing a diaper because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it wasn't that bad, but it was getting there. Uh, but. Yeah, man, and like I don't even know if I knew what the tumor was at that point, which you know maybe I should loop back around to that later. But um, yeah, I mean it had been a few years, I think, since we had really we hung out a little bit at your sister's wedding, Mitch and yep. your sister. And I think that was the last time before last year. That was the last time I saw you. So that was at that point last year was probably two, three years ago, maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to think, dude. And that I was I was still in Idaho. Yeah, because I think when you yeah when you left to Idaho and went to Beaver, I think, I think 2018. Yeah, probably, man. I'm trying to think. It was like a Halloween. It was like you know I remember like being around for Halloween and then some karaoke and then that was like the last. Yeah, you know that I remember hanging out yeah. with you and I mean they were great nights bowling. That bowling alley's gone now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the dude, lucky dude. strike. Dude. Yeah, the lucky strike. Lucky strike. Oh man, I liked it, man. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that that was a good scene and um, but yeah, like. So I guess to, to round this back to what I was kind of getting at was that like me and you, we had that time off, but it was like we didn't skip a beat, man, because yeah. the relationships you build, you know, like mm -hmm. in, um, I mean, so many people like Paul Monforton, man. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I rarely see that dude anymore, but when I do, it's just like, it's just like a family member. Yep. You're like, hey, man, like it's been forever. Oh, How yeah. are you? You yep. know, it's just great. Like would not have met Paul had it not been for this job. We were roommates. Yeah. For a while there. You know, we still... Um, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. We we would we we'd go skiing together. I mean, we try and get together and, and go hunting. I mean, he he shot his first bull elk oh, with with me. You know, dude, so it's just that's like powerful yeah. man. It's like yeah, man. Like all all these people, you know, that you're like, man, these these are cool cats. Yeah, that building those relationships because of this job, and I think part of it obviously is because we all enjoy being outdoors. You know, have have a little bit of competitive spirit. You know, to want to be be active and be as good at this job as you can, you know, so you have obviously a lot of people. Yeah. They all, they all have a lot of stuff in common. Totally. That's what I was going to say. It's almost like a funnel for that personality type, right? Yeah. That, like yeah. you said, like sports, yep. outdoorsy, 
hunting fishing you yep. know like yep. being out in the wild and, and it's not even like totally hunting fishing i mean we get some people just like like to be a little bit more earthy you know yeah. like and yeah. and, and just, it's like and that's cool man like yeah I, yeah i still i still like you like yeah, you're, exactly. you're still cool as shit yeah exactly there's been some vegetarians some vegans in this job like and are it's not like they just went away it's like they're still like, those folks too and mm-hmm. it's like you said man you learn stuff from them and like you know went over to uh, palermo's house when he was doing the vegan diet and like had a vegan dinner with him. It was the first time ever. Like that was the first vegan folks I've ever met. And like, like you said, man, I was like, Hey man, I can learn something from you and take whatever you guys are cooking with. Cause it tasted awesome. Yeah. And then bring it back to my stuff. You know, I'm still eating meat, but like I'll throw some of your, some of your stuff into mine, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and make it taste even better. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then the loop back, what you're saying with the sports too, man, like it does such a good job for like, um, you know, like we all have bad days, like especially two days in football, oh, you know, yeah. like hot dying. You like, you got through that as a team, you know, and like you kind of help each other out, you know, you know, it could be de- dying a little bit, but you're helping each other out and motivate. Mm-hmm. Same thing with fire. You know, yeah. you do the same thing. You got those yep. long shifts, man. And you're just like, come on, man, let's just keep pushing. Yeah. You know, I mean, your PT is basically yeah. like your practice, your fires, you know, like it, game day yeah, is going to game. Yeah. Going yeah. to game day. Like I just, I don't know. I see a lot of parallels. Yeah, you know, when it, when it comes to athletics, yeah, totally. You know, orga- organized sports, you know, that that you do with fire. Yeah, yeah, and I'm and I'm constantly thinking about what Gary Lambert said at my guard school, and I think he tells everybody this, and he probably still tells people, you know, even now, he's uh, you know, to be a good leader, you got to be a good follower, and yeah. that is so true. Absolutely, That's some of the truest information I've ever I've ever had because like you get together with a bunch of folks who, you know, whatever the GS level is, like say you know I'm a GS four. Oh, uh, I don't know, GS5 or whatever. I could be like doing my crew boss thing. First first time as a crew boss. And you never know who you're going to end up with. Your squad boss could be your, your AFMO. And mm-hmm. you're like, yeah. holy cow, this guy's got way more experience, but I got to tell him what to do. Yeah. And, you know, like a good follower, like Gary Lambert was too. And, you know, like I think all, almost all of our leadership, at least on the B-Bird that I experienced, were like really good at that where they like, they, they'd cue you maybe on some things like, hey man, yeah. you 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 know you've been watching this you know like mm-hmm. you've been you've been checking this out you yeah know? and they'll see the growing pains you know of like yeah. hey this guy's trying to figure it out to make those decisions yeah you know and there's there's some folks you know that get really frustrated with that and it's like I cannot emphasize enough like you have to be a good follower to be a good leader yeah like if you're just gonna get frustrated watching these guys be in the same position you know you were years ago like if you can't follow. What, what what the hell are we doing here? Yeah, dude, I, to- I totally agree, man. Are you still hearing your voice all right in your headphones? Yeah, I think so. All right, I'm, I'm just making sure. I just my mind just feels like I'm just overpowering right now. Really? Yeah. No, you're, no, you're, dude, down. you're perfect. Oh, good, man. Oh, we're about the same. Actually, we're like dead nuts the same. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so yeah. Good. like I said, no, yeah, I think I think it's awesome. Nice, man. And uh, and to tag on too, like what you're saying with like the the team and uh, just kind of the team component of fire is that um, this winter, you know, I was on I played you know hockey poorly, yep. Yep. really bad, not great at hockey at all. But um, my team was mostly wildland folks. Yep. And there's a few people that are just athletes, but like it was awesome because like uh, we, we kind of had, like a co-captain between Shannon and Jonah, and they did a great job of like vibing off each other and then like people giving like little nuggets like you know and if someone saw something they'd be like all right hey you know like as soon as there's a break between periods or whatever maybe someone's called timeout whatever it might be they'd be like all right guys you know they gather up like they're the captain kind of filling that role for a hot second like that's what i'm seeing you know like let's let's keep attacking this you know this is what what, what's going on here and i think that kind of played off of like the fire world because like that happens all the time in our world absolutely yep like squad boss comes up and tells you something you're like oh yeah hey man yeah heads up for that Mm -hmm. you know 
Or like, you know, like if Lookout's getting wins or something, I guess that's not as applicable as a game, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a big indicator for me too about, um, you know, now that I'm in this position is who's kind of getting ready for that next, that next step up. Yeah. Who's thinking like, can you follow, like you want to be in a leader, a leadership position, but maybe before I grant you, you know, that that privilege, not a right, but the privilege of being in a, a trainee role, you know, throwing you that training assignment, that bone, Yeah. like maybe I'm going to throw you in a lower role than what you're used to first and see if you can follow Yeah. before I allow you to go lead. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, exactly. a, that's a big indicator for me. Cause I'm a, such a firm believer of that. Yeah, exactly. Like see how, yeah, see how you take orders yep. you know, before you start giving some orders. Mm-hmm. And then, and I think that's huge too, because then you figure out how to maybe relay those orders in a better way instead of talking down to somebody or just talking like at them, you're like talking with them. Like, Hey, um, you guys want to get that Mark three going and fill up that Porter tank and like, let me know if you need anything. Yeah. And you know, and like, and depending on who, you know, if you don't know them, you might just say it that way. But yeah. if you know, like they haven't really messed around with like, uh, you know, Mark threes or whatever, you'd be like, um, you guys good here? And let me know if you need anything, you know, like, um, you guys want some tips on this? Cause yeah. you know, I've wrestled a few of these Mark threes before, Yeah, you know, so like, <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, like maybe they gave you a pumpkin and not a port tank. They don't notice. And they're trying to get this pumpkin set up on a hill and you're like, that's never going to work. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they don't know because they're like, ah, man, I'm just doing what I'm told. You know, yeah, and it's, like, it's like Gary Lambert says, you're ignorant. It's not a bad thing. Just means you don't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That was, that was great, Gary, too. <laughs> yeah, I've been working on it for yeah. years. Oh, dude, it's really good. I, I think if you've got a little bit more of a horseshoe in there, yeah. you know, like yeah. chew. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I quit chew, so. Oh, yeah, not a bad plan, yeah. man. Yeah. Look, As they, you can see, I'm still doing the, the nicotine, the Zins. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's any better. I don't know either. I mean, maybe it's not shredding your lip up as much, right, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever, like, chemicals, supposedly. I mean, yeah, violent but, hiccups, though. Oh, really? From, oh, yeah. From the Zin? Yeah. Thankfully, like I said, I'm kind of washing it down with this. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, we'd be we'd be in like our eighth break by now because I'm just going. Oh, really? Yeah. Just yeah. Been like crazy. Well, yeah, like this is making me this makes me burp a little bit. This kombucha. So it's like, oh, yeah. Back, you know, yeah, it's just fermented, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. The, the, the real stuff has a little bit of alcohol in it. But yeah, yeah, this uh, this stuff seems to go down pretty good, man. It's got like the the old uh, uh, mushroom elixir in it. Adaptive adaptogens. I have no idea. Oh man! But I will say thanks for bringing this uh, this Black Rifle Coffee Company oh, drinks man. for us, man. Like <laughs> yeah. hit, hitting the spot, dude. Yeah, they had a yeah. little discount, and uh, like I said, my my brother in law Ricky sent them. You know, a little shout out to him for uh, helping supply the <laughs> helping oh, yeah. supply the podcast. Yeah, man. when you busted those out, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, Dear yeah. Baby Jesus, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my uh, previous brother in law Ricky Gaylor sent uh, got a discount. He just sent us sent us up a bunch, and God, I'm glad I brought him too because I already downed mine. But yeah, man, it like it, it helps because my brain was getting a little foggy after there, and I'm I'm guessing that might be kind of par for the course. Cause I'm still feel, feeling this out. Like yeah, my my attention's always in, but I feel like my enthusiasm starts to fall off a little bit. Yeah. But like just with the energy level dipping and I want to be like enthusiastic the whole time. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Cause this this is cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It really is, man. Like I said, I love everything you're doing when you called me about it. Like I'm totally sold on it. I hope this thing takes off, you know, I hope so too. Um, I'm hoping you get the guests that you're looking for. Like I I really hope that this thing takes off, man. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super humbled that, you you wanted me to be to be your first Dude, guest. I guess it's probably a good good place to wrap this up. Unless cool, man. You think I should talk about Lookout Podcast and the name and 
Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I'm trying to edit, figure out. I could just edit this later, I guess. But um, or maybe I should make another video of like rambling off about like the, my background and lookout podcast. And yeah, or I mean, like if you can edit it, you know, I just kick it off. Like, hey, I hope you guys and en- enjoyed this podcast. Like, please subscribe to Lookout Podcast or whatever, and we'll catch you on the next one. Something like that. Yeah, I like it. About two and a half hours. That's that's probably a pretty decent podcast. I think so, man. Well, thanks again, man. Yeah, dude, shut her down, brother. Yeah, I think uh, find the right button here. Would it be stop? Yeah, I think stop. Or I think you hit this. Or would it be record? Because this is my eyeballs are floating.